0: Welcome back, everyone, to Phil's Recap and Review. Westworld, Season 1, Episode 3, The Stray. And wow, 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 holy shit. String me up by my neck, put me up against the wall. I'm hooked. They got me. They took me off the stage. I've been booed off. My performance was awful, and they've hooked me. No, I'm kidding. This show is awesome. Now, after three episodes, I've seen the first two. I wasn't sure about it. I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it all season. After episode three, which really, to me, felt more like a normal episode. The first two episodes were getting a lot of business out of the way. I feel like after episode three, I have a little bit more of an understanding of where this show is going and stuff like that. And I'm so excited about it. Is it perfect? No. No, it's not like... There's certain things I can pick apart about it. Is it going to be for everyone? Is it going to be something every single person out there might like? Not necessarily, but for me, this show is doing everything right. Touching me in all the right places and spanking me that exact right temperature. Not too hard, not too soft. So it's giving me enough stuff while giving me more mysteries. So it's not it's not not reaching around on me like Lost did. You know where it messes with you in the back, but doesn't really reach around. This show already starting to reach around on me, and it's making me very, very happy. But welcome everyone back. If this is your first time joining us. Jump in the fun. I am not alone. I have with me some awesome fucking people that will be jumping in and out throughout the day. We got Mo, Claudio, Ty, Queen. The mother fucking chat is here. If you guys want to reach us, you can call in. We have a phone-in number at, let me find that fucking number. Oh, it's on the screen anyway. 315-948-8237. That's the call and talk live. If, you wanna, if you're want to, if you listening to this later, not live, and you want to leave a voicemail that I'll play on the following show, you can do that at 781-990-8509 or text that number. Or if you just would rather leave a voicemail, you can use that number anytime. And that number is open, as I said, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can always email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at man. Check out issuesprogram.com for all the rest of the shit. Subscribe to us on iTunes to get the audio reviews if you want to listen to in us in the car, all of that sort of shit. You can find all of that in that goddamn motherfucking description box below me. Look in that. Figure out all those fucking happy horse shit things. And wow, 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 I can't wait to get into this episode of Westworld. So yes, as I said, this is the third episode of Westworld, and I've decided I'm going to get this right off the fucking bat. I'm going to talk about this show all season. I can't not talk about this show. Will I do recaps every week? Maybe some weeks I might have to double up just because uh, a lot of shit's going on. I'm starting a job in November, at the beginning of November, and I don't know what kind of commitment level that's going to be with time wise and all that sort of shit quite yet. So I will commit to talking about this whole season and try to get out here every week for it because it has it has its hooks in me. Three episodes in now, and I'm looking forward to these episodes every single week now. Anthony Hopkins again just killed it for me in this episode. But what's really awesome about this episode, we're gonna get into is people's motives and character, characters and what they want is becoming a little bit more clear to me basically where they stand on a lot of different issues. So we're going to get all into that in a second here. Claudio Critch, prove you're human. The series is convinced, uh, has convinced one time or another that everyone is an android. It's very true. How could I prove, at least in the movie, which between last time and this time I've seen the movie, they could do the hand thing. Look at the hands, the hands are the giveaway. But now, that's another thing that this show is doing exceptionally well not disclosing right away who the humans are and who the androids are. And it becomes so close that what's it even matter? And the flowing back and forth between it all is just super fucking intense. It's crazy. And again, I hope this show, I don't want to go down the dark road of what's bad about it, but it seems to be answering questions it's putting out there, adding some more questions, but ultimately not playing with mystery too much. It's including new things, like in this episode we got the whole thing with what was his, what was the character's name? It wasn't Abraham, what was it? It was, uh... I have... Arnold! Arnold! How can I forget Arnold? Arnold got introduced, but we got to know directly more the relationship between Bernard and Dolores, and where Bernard stands on everything and where Ford stands on everything. I thought this episode was my favorite of the three because it felt like an episode. The first two felt like a giant pilot. And that's not a bad thing. I like the first two episodes a lot, but they had to introduce us. We brought two... In the first episode, we were introduced to the complete park. The second episode, we took the eyes of two of the characters in, and we saw the disease start to spread through a little bit. And in this episode, we really now just were going on with the story, and we started to progress down the storyline. And that's what I really loved about episode three. It had me invested, had me wanting to know more. We didn't include every single character. We barely saw Teresa, the... the. The, the operations officer. We didn't see douchey writer guy. We barely saw a couple of other characters that were only in there for hair and there in a moment. But we saw Trevor from Grand Theft Auto a whole shitload and he was fucking amazing in this episode. Damn! This was a lot more Dolores heavy and Teddy heavy. And it shows that this sh- this program doesn't necessarily need to focus on one thing directly. It has so much interesting, so many interesting things to to mine. Even the Man in Black wasn't a huge part of this episode. He was in fantasy form with a couple of the hosts and what they were fantasizing or thinking about with Dolores, and imagining people turning into the man-, man in Black and everything like that, Trevor turning into the Man in Black and stuff. But ultimately, he wasn't even the real, the real, <laughs> I was going to do it again, Johnny, if you're watching this, the real... <laughs> ed helms the real ed harris character wasn't in this episode necessarily and it didn't matter and he's my favorite character so it everything is working for me so far on this show does that mean it's perfect no i i think there's a lot that could go in bad directions still and i'm and i'm But I am committed now. The show has hooked me enough that I care about every episode now to these 10 episodes. I want to know what happens. I need to know what happens. I need to come out here and babble and bullshit about it. So let's get into the live motherfucking chat and see who's... What the people have to say, you awesome motherfuckers. Motherfucking chat, Claudio. Thai queens on lunch. I have studio operations class at one. I'm so glad that you're able to jump in here even for a second. Mo, love you. Love my friend Mo, who's out in the live chat. If you haven't already, check out Mo's channel. See some awesome videos by him. Great dude. Claudio, the motherfucking chat. Critch, prove I'm human. (laughs) Out! That didn't work oh shit i want to watch this show is it good it's very good but and i'll say that you'll know after the first episode if it's going to be your kind of thing i mentioned this at the beginning it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea it just hooks me it's everything i want out of a show like this and i hate westerns i don't i've said this before i don't hate them they're it's just not my favorite genre and but sci-fi is one of my favorite genres and to me If you have a love for even holodeck programs in Star Trek, or Data, and everything that they do with Data on Star Trek The Next Generation, you might have love for this program. And this is another episode where we got way Data stuff going on in this episode. And and I have to get into into this, where uh, Dolores reminded me of Data so many times in this episode in that scene where she's talking to Bernard. And... No, I don't feel anything. <laughs> but what, what am I feeling wrong? My pathways are used to your uh, intestinal fortitude or whatever data says. I haven't written in the notes. I'll get to it later, but great stuff. Bernard had a backstory upload in this episode yet. Yeah, we learned about Bernard's daughter. Was a daughter or son? Bernard's kid dying, and that could be why he's trying to create life and find life in the Johnny Five-ness of it all. If I go as a get uh, what did Claudio say? The motherfucking chat. How do people know who's who if I go as a guest? I mean, that's a good question. And we get something very interesting in this episode where, one, I have to ask the question, did Dolores kill a guest or at some point in this episode? I think it was a host, but it could have been a guest. Also, Billy or William, whatever his name is, one of our main new guys, the nicer of the two new guys, he got shot, and we they actually feel it. <laughs> It isn't, in the movie, I know it's nothing like the movie, two completely different worlds, but in the movie, the way it works is there's a sensor on the weapon that detects the heat of a human body versus the heat of an android, and it won't let you fire on a human. On the show, there's something about the way that the bullet hits you, and it can't pierce a human, but that's why it was important, I think, that Dolores was picking up the real gun, and I don't know if that's the real gun that she fired in the barn, and uh, we'll get to that later in the episode, but... Uh, that's, Critch mentioned it earlier and you're mentioning it now, the, one of the best elements of the show and one of the things that adds that sense of danger or fear or whatever is the fact that you don't know what's what. You know a couple people of who they are, but you don't know what's what. Those guys at the end that attack Teddy and he's shooting around, is that part of the Wyatt crew or were those a bunch of humans working with, uh, humans, guests working with Wyatt because they couldn't be shot or is it compared more to what? Uh, Teddy was saying about how these people fully embraces Wyatt's thing and they don't feel anything. Maybe they were wearing an armor of some sort or something. I don't know, but it just raises so many fucking questions about who's, who and what's what. And that's part of what makes this show so fucking interesting.
1: <laughs>
0: Chris says one way to know is just to shoot. Bernard has an up, up story upload. Totally Philly, uh, show's got me hooked too. Ty Queen, excuse me, have a great day. I'll talk to you soon, Claudio. I love that they finally get Teddy some much needed badassery for a change in a backstory. And I love, love this actor so much. And I was so upset when he got underused as Cyclops because I thought he would have made an excellent Cyclops if they actually used him. But I mean, they did occasionally, but you know what I mean. And I've seen a couple of other things these in, And he's a really talented actor. And he, this was his best episode. And Teddy, confirmation that Teddy is Kenny. Anthony Hopkins, the scene with him and Anthony Hopkins where he's like, Yeah, you're kind of wily coyote in this whole situation. Sorry, dude. I don't want you to remember anything. And I love Anthony Hopkins's whole attitude through this whole situation, too. It's forged perspective. And now knowing that Arnold exists, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna do that every time. Knowing that Arnold exists, get to the chapa. Arnold killed himself. Man in black, you mean Arnold? Very possibly, Critch. And that is an excellent point. Is the man in black really Arnold and he didn't actually kill himself? Is, is Arn is, is Arnold uploaded his consciousness somehow to the, the whole means and he's just breaking his way through? Is did Arnold design Anthony Hopkins as an android that no one can tell the difference about? I don't know. Lot lots of questions to be added, and lots of tinfoil fun with this show. <clears throat> I love that they finally give Ted Man in Black. You mean Arnold? I don't think the Man in Black is Arnold. I don't. I don't think so either. But I do think the Man in Black may be a a champion of Arnold, a someone sent by Arnold to get to set things off, so to speak. He seems to be a third party and he could be a third party too. And Claudio, that's what, in Critch, that's what's amazing about this show. We don't know, but it's, I think the sign of a great mystery kind of show or a show that has mysteries of some sort is being able to set things up. So any, you can look at things and everyone can sort of have a different perspective of it a little bit from point A to point B. And I think that's what this show is doing exceptionally well, as it's also giving us answers Bernard's whole conversation, the way they've led into the Bernard and and Dolores stuff, and the way Ber- Dolores's mind has developed, and everything like that. Seeing a zombie, the stray attack Helmsworth and stuff at one point in time, who could be, who could be a, uh, who could be uh, who could be a host as well? Who knows? And seeing all of that, we're seeing some closures, not closures, but actual answers to the stories. And then we have the man in black, who, who could be John Locke, who I still view as John Locke in this situation, regardless of what he is, or he could be someone sent by Arnold, or he could be Arnold. All our fucking possibilities. I love the possibilities of this show. To possibilities. Sorry, I just watched Fraser the other day, That, that episode, an episode where Frasier just kept saying, to possibilities. <laughs> Seems like a third party. It would be amazing if Anthony Hopkins turns out to be the ultimate cyborg. Ghetto says, you haven't watched the show. I just popped in to say hi. Ghetto, too. Love you, brother. Great to see you, my friend. Take care. Good afternoon to Eric Lord Mirano. Arnold Theory works with Dolores. It took 30 years, so Hopkins believes it didn't work. Great, uh, seriously, awesome stuff with this show. And people's motives are becoming more clear where they stand. Bernard's urge to to create life to make up for the loss of his son. Ford's to hide from the past and believe that there is no consciousness. uh, To really believe... and that, taking everything for face value of if Ford is a person that everything what he was saying in this episode is true, what he's saying to Bernard about Arnold and everything, then it is very much in Ford's best mental interests. And I think that's a big thing in life, mental interests. You want to believe things that are good for your mental interests. And Ford is Anthony Hopkins, who's one of the greatest actors out there of depicting real life emotions I think that's what we right Hannibal Lecter does some crazy things but there's those moments of jealousy and understanding and and Connection that you get with him and Clarice, and all of that, that you understand the humanness of it. When he plays Titus and Shakespeare, you understand the human nature of him. And I think that's one of the talents Anthony Hopkins has. And in this moment, really trying to depict and show the fucking bullshit that if he allows himself to believe that these people can develop a fucking consciousness, and it's not just some triangle of science that Arnold believed in that Anthony Hopkins didn't believe in, then Arnold's life is on Hopkins, is on Ford. Ford cost his friend and his partner his life because he didn't believe in him or didn't it didn't serve his best interests to the ultimate goal of what he wanted the park to be. If Disney World could have cured frickin' cancer and Walt's partner, he he said, Oh, well, no, the park can't do that. Fuck you. The park's about entertaining people. And he and he like ostracized his partner enough so his partner killed himself. And then later he found out that really. At the at the bottom of ten thousand leagues under the sea was the cure to cancer, and they wouldn't mine it or something. Then you bet your ass the person would feel responsible. That's a way out there scenario, but you, but ultimately, the consciousness that Ford is saying "fuck no" to, if he believes in all of that, it's really it's really a big gut shot to him. It's going to be a big step. <laughs> big stab to the fucking balls right there. Hopkins just, or maybe maybe the father of the, uh, maybe the man in black was created by Arnold him to continue his work. Or maybe the father of the man in black is Arnold, says Moose. And uh, Critch says Hopkins just eats scenery with fava beans. <laughs> he really does. But I like John Lithgow, and I'm not saying this as a chance to bash him or Kelsey Grammer or something like that. But I think what Hopkins can do that they can can do, but it does They don't have that that switch. And I think Patrick Stewart has this switch. Ian McKellen has this switch. Uh, Anthony Hopkins has this switch. This ability to be hammy, but not too over the toppy, uh, to the point where it's cartoonish. I mean, Hopkins can do that. But even in the Zorro, and I mentioned Zorro last time too, he puts in a performance that's able to be so centered while being while eating that scenery up. And I think that's one of his talents. I think that's that's an exceptional talent that an actor can have That where they can be so over the top and still so believable and human that you believe that this is true to them. Son of Arnold would explain the knowledge of the deeper game. Explain and... Uh, Son of Arna would explain it, meaning, and I think I think Moose is probably going to explain the chat too, but that maybe ultimately that he created him, that he's a son in the way that Data is the son of Dr. Sung, like the, if you create an android, you're the android's father, and created that as a way of extending his work past the grave. His consciousness could have been uploaded into him in some, in some ways and somehow, or he could just be a friend, someone that passed on the information about taking over what the real meaning of the park is, a lot of fucking things. I'm just kind of talking out my ass here, but that's what's great about this show. It's the ability to talk out the ass. If Ford allows himself to believe they have a consciousness, then he becomes a monster for what he allowed people to do to the guests. And he mentions this several times too. If these guests remember what's happening to them, the best thing we can do for you is make sure that you guys don't remember. I think he says that to Teddy at some point in the episode. Exactly. Ford has to believe that they're nothing. Craft mama. Love your craft mama. Hi, sweet people. I love this show. Great to see you. Huge Motherfucking go hug yourself in the positive way. Craft Mama, love to see you. And thank you to everyone in the motherfucking chat joining me on this afternoon. Thank you for you jumping in during your lunch breaks or if you guys are in other places in the world besides the United States. Thank you so much for jumping in right now. This might end up being the time, around the time where these reviews live on Monday afternoons, Monday, Tuesday afternoons, around between like 12 and 2-ish, uh, around that period in time, maybe some evenings as well. But with The Walking Dead starting next week, I'm not and I'm not going to be able to recap right afterwards. At, and I haven't done that the three weeks anyways, but I am going to be covering this show all year. I fucking love it and need to find a way to talk about every episode, even if it is doubling up some weeks on busy weeks. So also we get that William, one of our guests, really wants to be the hero really wants to be really wants to be the guy that does the good thing the good thing we get to see that several times where he where where he's just a good person I think generally speaking uh Dolores wants change. <laughs> I think somewhere inside her as she's developing the change, she really wants to di- wants to discover what the fuck's going on. And I think that's in, wherever level that it can be is important to her. And she wants to spread that out to Teddy, too. She's trying to drag Teddy into the change as well. And Teddy's not ready. And uh, the... Te- uh, Teresa, or whatever her name is in the border, freaking out about the narrative that Ford's getting in more of that, but very a very small amount of that. And all the hosts are showing signs of learning skills. We get that moment later in the episode where we see one of the hosts that's learning woodworking that wasn't or wood carvings that what that were not part of the program. It has designing constellations and shit like that, and the Orion's Belt. And is there any significance to the Orion's Belt thing? We get Trevor from uh, Grand Theft Auto as a big part of this episode, or whatever his name is on the show. I mean, uh, or whatever his real name is. He's on The Walking Dead as well. Uh, We get to see more loops and how loops are are affected when people, some of these uh, androids get stuck in loops. I love seeing all the malfunctions of the androids and seeing how bugs will exist as long as technology exists. They're just going to manifest their way in different ways. And then we get to see Arnold, and uh, and rem- we get that line about remembering what the other hosts did to them. Teddy's officially Kenny and died a thousand times. I need to get into the into the movie so I can digitally. Ha- oh, <laughs> so I can digitally. Ha- oh yes, I forgot. I'm reading my I'm reading my notes and being like, what the fuck do I mean that? And I forgot to mention this right from the bat, right off the bat. I need to get in movies so I can have them digitally or technology needs to get better here. So eventually I can do this podcast even when I'm like 80 years old and I can use the technology that they're using in fucking civil war or using in fucking Westworld with Anthony Hopkins, Civil War with uh, with uh, RDJ, uh, Robert Downey Jr., and in this episode with Anthony Hopkins to make Anthony Hopkins look young in his flashback thing. I want to look like a fucking 14-year-old doing these podcasts when I'm saying outrageous, outrageous bullshit. Like, that technology that they're doing right now, the, and I don't know if it's the same stuff that they're doing, is amazing. Anthony Hopkins, just that shot as him as a young person, if that was really Anthony Hopkins that they made look young through pictures and shit like that, holy. Fuck. If it's not and it's an actor playing young Anthony Hopkins, I didn't check it, then they cast. Ridiculously amazing. But what they did in Civil War with Robert Downey Jr., what they did with Anthony Hopkins here, I'm going with it. I'm not even looking at the chat yet because I don't want someone to tell me I'm wrong. But holy shit. Fucking amazing. This show has a lot of potential. Yes, Craft Mom, it really does. And I think that's the best thing too. And even in this third episode, what it did for me was some of the potential that it led up in these first two episodes really hit home in episode three for me. I would have cried if Ford scolded me the way he did to that employee that covered up the host. Anthony Hopkins won the attack. I would cry too. I can only imagine having Ford, having Ford rip you down like that. No, it's not a person. It doesn't fucking matter. See, you're embarrassed. You don't want to look at this, this, uh, this host's fucking junk. And it, it's not real junk. See? Let me stab this thing in the face. I agree. His character is like the angry god for other employees. Lab Lab, great to see you. I just started this. Hey, Bionic, great to see you. Phil equals red woman without a necklace. No, not the hat. Phil, <laughs> I've fallen asleep. I know that would be awesome. I just turn it off and suddenly you see 80-year-old me. It's like, my name is Methasadre. <laughs> I've fallen asleep on the last two Westworld episodes I had to rewatch. It's definitely not Game of Thrones. I hear you, Bionic. It's, it's definitely not. It's a completely different kind of show. And as I've mentioned every time, it's not for everybody. And it's a show that... For some people, watch it you know, when you're awake because there's a lot of shit going on. Stephanie loves the show, but she wants to watch it earlier in days when she's kind of tired. She's like, "Don't, I don't want to watch Westworld right now because I'm going to miss shit. So it is a show that, similar to True Detective in that, in the first season of True Detective, for me anyways, where I can't watch it if I'm tired. The Wire is the same way. If I turn on a Wire episode, episode, even a great Wire episode... every episode, if I turn on a wire episode that I'm tired, even a little bit, I'm going to pass out during it. I need to be wide awake. For me, Westworld has me by the balls. I was passing out last night uh, and sort of like tired right when it started. And I'm like, oh, it's on. (laughs) And I started waking up. But I can understand where you're coming from, Bionic. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Magically delicious. I haven't seen this episode yet, but I'm still gonna watch the issues podcast. Fuck spoilers, anyway. Magically delicious. I love you, buddy. <laughs> My third favorite episode so far. Says Brennan. I like the slow burn, though. Me too, Carol. I, I like slow. That's why I like The Wire so much. That's why I like uh, True Detective season one. I love the show. Better Call Saul is another example of kind of slow burn. Breaking Bad is slow burn in a lot of ways. I love shows like that. I was also like fast stuff that shit that happens. Uh, Oz is a great example that there's a lot of slow burn stories, but every episode has a huge shit that happens by the end of an episode of Oz. Everything, there's at least two or three storylines that that you think you're going to go in a certain direction and it just like cuts you by the balls off and make, so you, you feel something big at the end of every episode. Even the Netflix, we're going to be talking about that uh, tomorrow night with Joe at 10.30 p.m. on uh, Tuesday the 18th of October. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the Netflix series, uh, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and and uh, Daredevil. All three of those shows are kind of slow burning kind of shows as well with crazy action and awesome fucking shit going on. But I, So I like shows that know how to take their time in the right way. Um, which guest do you think is going to die first? I have my money on Logan. Logan seems like the best bet because he's such a dick, uh, but I think it's probably... My guess would have been, it might be Ford, but I don't think so. I don't think they're going to kill Ford this early on, but I would think that would be the biggest, that would, that would mean a lot if, uh, Ford was one of the ones that got killed, but I think the show would lose too much seeing, seeing her. I think that's a good one. I think he's a good example. Maybe that, that guy we saw with the outlaws with Trevor and shit, uh, the, the nicer guy, the guest, the newcomer, I don't know if the first one's going to be someone super important. It might just be random guest number 3 or something like that. Or we might have already seen it and no, I don't know if we've already seen it happen. Maybe Trevor was a guest. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be it's just going to it's going to be interesting to see when they pull that trigger and when it actually happens. I thought it might have been tonight with Helmsworth when he was in with the uh the stray, the Walker guy. I watched it the second time with my text on just to make sure no slips. I did too critch hey md the rifle woman was alone in deep shit i hope she's not the first one claudio says i have more of an emotional connection with characters like dolores in just three episodes that i have for faster burn shows great great point claudio mo great to see you buddy again sometimes slow burning are awesome you have enough time for development that is why i love shows more it hurts more when some when someone good dies great point craft mom and i think just in general, even on sh- television shows that have a fast pace, something like 24, for example, or something like that, it's still slower burning than movies are. Movies are much more of a... And I love a great movie. I just watched, just for a r- r- random example, I just watched Deadpool again for the other, uh, first time I've seen it since uh, since seeing it in the theater. Quick, fast pace, awesome movie. One of my favorite movies. Just because it makes me laugh. Very surface, lots of fun shit going on that's kind of what I want out of movies. I w- I've given up wanting exceptionally deep story-arcing movies like, because what I love, my favorite movies are movies like, like The Godfather, like Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street, long, deep movies that go over a lifetime of characters. And I'm seeing less and less of those movies, except for by Scorsese and stuff. <laughs> but so it's part of why I think I just love television more. It's the the deepness of it and the fact of getting to know characters so well in the way that it's like chapters and you're seeing all these chapters and how it all comes together in an overarching storyline. So you can do both. And even in shows that move very fast, you can have a long form story that's going throughout it all. And I think that's what that's what works. And when you have fast-paced shows, fast-paced action shows. But if you have one ongoing storyline through it all, it makes it all the better. And then shows like something like Breaking Bad, for instance, is very much slow-burning. But then each individual episode, especially after a certain point, has exciting shit that goes on. And then the shows that do both really well, like something like Sons Sons of Anarchy. Not every episode was great, but it was a good hodgepodge of both. Kurt Sutter's good at that, mixing both. He did that well on The Shield as well, combining both styles of shows well. KL, motherfucking C, great to see you in the live chat. KLC, one of the nicest guys out there in the world. Great to see KLC. My closest character connection on either television show is Buffy and Spike. Watching that hurts so good. Haven't watched the episode, but I'm going to hang out with you all. It's been too long. Have to admit, Dolores has made me more ashamed of my gamer behavior and young self at pickup pars in 40 years of conscious raising. Great, great one, Critch. I question my KOTARs in grand theft auto decisions a lot (laughs) i like yep i like tv as well better than movies i didn't even notice this was slow i am hooked lav lav great point too i think that part of what makes this show awesome is that it has the western aspect of it too and i think jonathan nolan said this in an interview i don't have the interview in front of me but he said you know what i want to tell a deep story here but i gotta make it interesting for people too so that's so Western stuff, fun, shoot shoot 'em up Western-style stuff, funny, witty comedy with Maeve and shit that's going on in the whorehouse and all that kind of stuff. They try to add enough things to make it interesting and not, not, they put, they make, they make the medicine taste good going in and they give you all these kind of deeper things and they put the seeds in and lay these amazing tree, ladies' trees. And... I know this is an unpopular opinion, and I mention it a lot. I think it's what Lost Season 1 did so fucking well, too. I have so many comparisons. Not that it's exactly like it, but what this show is doing well is everything Lost Season 1 did well in a lot of ways, creating an overarching storyline, but each episode's entertaining, making me care about the characters, making me really understand the characters' motivations, and and it's sometimes completely flipping that around on me with someone like the character of Sawyer. And I know I hate this because Lost has such a weird taste in its mouth because of the way it ended. But that first season was so fucking good. And this season, completely different show, but it's making me feel a lot of the same kind of feelings. That addiction of needing to know what's next, but still feeling satisfied. I there, I, I feel like I let out a big matzo ball there. <laughs> so true, I still love Lost. I hate Thor's brother. Uh, you mean Thor's ugly brother? <laughs> The ugly Helmsworth that that uh, that has a an inferiority complex because he's the ugly one of his three brothers. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> he's, yeah, he's the adopted. He's the adopted Helmsworth brother. <laughs> Westworld just became my second favorite show. It's up there right now in television for me as some of my favorite shows up out there right now. I'd say Game of Thrones, Better Call Saul, and this. As of shows that are on television right now, are my quick list of my three favorites. Uh, Walking Dead is there too. Vikings is there too, um, and those would probably fill out my top list. List. I don't. I don't think The Walking Dead is great all the time, but I like it. There's a couple other shows I really like, but they. I don't think they're the best. But I'd say, right now, after three episodes, this is. This has a chance of getting included in with those other two. But right now, Better Call Saul and and uh, Game of Thrones are my two favorite shows at the moment. And Westworld, West, what they say, coming in now with a rocket is Westworld, really making it really making itself known in the whole uh the whole avenue here. It's really dropping down and uh it, and making me feel really good, making me feel really good. Uh, uh, KLC says, I still love Lost Two, I, I still like, are you still like Lost. Craft Mumbus is the same thing. I especially still love the first season. I'm someone that I don't hate it as much as other people do watching it at the end because I didn't watch it week to week. I think I feel sorry for the people that had to watch that shit week to week. I don't know if for me personally, if I had to watch that week to week, I'd fucking shit talk that show more than I do. I'd still talk about the season one being excellent, but I binge watched it all. So the later seasons don't bother me as much. And I think that's the case in a binge watch. I think you're harder on things when you watch things week to week. When you binge something, you're more accepting of the overarching story. And then when you think back of the whole thing, you it's like a vacation. You don't necessarily think about the arguments you had. You think about all the good times you had. And I think when you binge watch something, you think about the highlight points. You don't necessarily focus on the bad points. But when you analyze episode after episode, you have to wait a week. You start looking into the episode more, talking about it and really analyzing, oh, that sucks. I waited a week for this. You didn't give me any more answers. Fuck! And it's good to be able to go. I don't want to watch this episode now. Nah, skip. I don't want to watch the uh, the Apollo and whatever the the two fucking shitheads that stole the money episode. Skip. I don't want to watch the Jacob and the Man in Black episode. Skip. So Westworld just became my second favorite show. I hate Thor's brother. Westworld. Uh, I think they put it well in the show. People like big stuff, but stay for the details. Excellent. So true. I liked Lost. The hinting sucked uh hawk says thrones westworld vikings one two three magically delicious claudio yes 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 crit says i laughed inappropriately at the group sitting around the campfire for two days because the woodcutter had vectored <laughs> reminded me of college roommates it's i'm gonna add that smoked that uh took uh one too many fungi or uh t- took listen to some uh sid barrett music on their tongue i i'm happy i binged lost craft mama me too like i said i think i liked it a lot more because of that." Um, Heroes, too. I binge-watched Heroes, and I didn't mind some of the ending crap as much uh, as well. It's, it's got weak, but I think shows, you're more forgiving when you binge. KLC Thrones, Saul, Walking Dead, Robot, uh, Westworld for me. I must say, Jericho was also one of my favorite shows, but they canceled it too soon. Magically Delicious. Buffy, Game of Thrones, Sopranos, uh, other subjects to change. I, I'm doing on right now. If I am doing of all time, that's a completely different discussion. <laughs> Well, I'm going to do, again, I keep talking about that, but I'm going to be definitely be doing that podcast. I'm going to wait for Game of Thrones to end because where Game of Thrones ends up on the list has a lot to do with how it ends. Uh, But right now, my number one and two are probably Breaking Bad and The Sopranos in no particular order. Next on that list would be The Wire, Oz. I want to say Game of Thrones, but it hasn't finished yet. I try not to judge a show on the all-time list until it's over with, uh, just because certain shows might go on the list early on and you're like, "God, oh, it ended like shit, it drops off the list. So I have a couple of different shows that are on and then all-time favorites. Phil, I'm definitely a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is my example of being a fun guy. What was I talking about?
1: Oh, here
0: we go. Um. Let me push this. Let me turn my lighter on. Lighter. 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 <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is my favorite show of all time. Batman The Animated Series is up there. It's one of my favorite shows. I've talked about this before. I'm going to save it for the podcast on that. Uh, Claudio's uh, I don't know, but but Thrones is making me nervous like it's going to suck in the last two seasons. We're going to get to that. I'm going to have a Thrones feedback show very soon where I don't come in here talking about anything and want and just get you guys to push me in a direction because I'm edgy to talk about some Game of Thrones. Uh, It's been a while, so uh, that is how many. I have the the event created. It's just a private event that I haven't made public yet. It's just a matter of when I decide to do that. So that's coming up soon, and uh, I will definitely get into some Game of Thrones discussion. So let's get into the part of the episode that I always love. Where is it? Fucking give me some music, you motherfucker. Give me some music now. Recap
1: Recap
0: Time for the recap I want to battle them the desire. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's time for the recap, everybody. So let's get through this episode, talk about generally what happens, listen to some sound cues and all that sort of fun stuff. Welcome, everybody that's jumping in on the lunch break or something like that. Thank you, anyone that's joining me right now as I catch my breath from that stupid jumping up and down. I got to remember jump up and down after the podcast. After the podcast, not during that part. I'm just excited because I'm so happy that the season is starting basically our my podcasting season. We're going to be out here 3 bunch of times this week. Joe and I will be out here tomorrow night to talk about the Marvel the Marvel series, Netflix series. Then on Thursday night, Stephanie and I will be watching the Rocky Horror remake and shitting all over it and hoping it's not the most horrible thing we've ever seen in our life. We'll be doing that in the other room, a live stream. And then on Sunday, Joe and I will be back to talk about The Walking Dead, and then we're going to do it all over again and a lot of fun next week. Soprano episode is going to be coming up soon. Obviously, Westworld now is a big part. Vikings starts in November. going to start trying to do some roundups again. Weekly roundup to talk about some random shows that I'm watching right now. Not necessarily some of the best shows, but a lot of fun, uh, fun shows that I'm watching right now. The cheesier type of stuff. Like uh, I'm not even going to say it right now, but uh, but I'm watching some bad shows that I'm liking. So uh, so we're going to get into that. A lot of stuff. I'm really excited to be back with all of you guys and talking some fun. Jones in for some Thrones in. Okay, now I'm feeling conflicted. I want to hang out with y'all, but I want to watch the episode first. <laughs> KLC. You can watch the episode, stay in the chat, not listen to me, and just type what you're thinking of the episode as you go. So you can still talk to people in the chat, listen to me later, and watch the episode. So uh, so I think that's probably the best solution to your quandary. And everyone also, if you have any questions or any comments or anything like that, check out the description box below. You can subscribe to us on iTunes there or Issues Program slash itunes you can do it that way as well and you can find all that like i said in the description box below you can help us out numerous fucking ways so enough of that shit let's get into this fucking recap gotham has been very good this season says al red sox fan much to my surprise al (laughs) i'm a couple episodes behind but i have been enjoying it it every season it gets a little bit better but i'm gonna i'll save that for the roundup um Ba, 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 ba. and uh, yeah, we'll talk about that, Flash, Arrow, uh, a couple of other shows that I am watching, Legends of Tomorrow, and some other stuff. Okay, so here we go. <clears> hmm, <throat> Can't do that right now on my phone. I'll stay for a few minutes, then dash. Thank you, KLC. I was trying to get you to multitask, and as I have mentioned before, if you guys listen to this at any time, even if you're listening to the audio podcast, anywhere that you can get our audio podcast, you can listen to this or call in Call or text your questions at 781-990-8509. Again, that's 781-990-8509. Or if you're listening live right now, or anytime you're listening live, you can call in at 315-948-8237. That is our new call-in number for now to see how it works out. So here we go. I want my bedroom to look like Ford's office. So we open up in the third episode of Westworld on Dolores and Bernard talking. So let's listen to Dolores and Bernard talking
1: while I have some fun. Hello. Has anyone else interacted with you in a diagnostic since their last conversation? No. I've been cleaned in service three times. No diagnostics. And you haven't told anyone of our conversations? You told me not to. <laughs> I brought you a gift
0: so here in our first scene we get D- Dolores and Bernard talking again very similar to the last interaction between them he brings her a gift, it's a book it's, it's, Alice, it's Alice in Wonderland he wants her to listen to a certain certain passage and we get to see really as I was mentioning earlier him getting over his son and looking at Dolores as a child of sorts to him trying Samantha, great to see you! Hey, just binge watched it. Wow, that is very true, Samantha. Great to see you, and huge hug to you. Long time no talk. Great to see you. Queer
1: everything is today, and yesterday things went on just as usual. I wonder if I've been changed in the night. Does the passage make you think of anything? And it's like the other books we've read. How so? It's about change. Seems to be a common theme. I guess people like to read about the things that they want the most and experience the least. Your son, where is he now? Nowhere that you would understand, Dolores. Perhaps that's why I enjoy our conversation so much. analysis why did you ask me about my son we've been talking for some duration and i haven't asked you a personal question personal questions are an ingratiating step see continue
0: dolores see that that is the moment where i said the thing about data because that that he, it's funny that he goes why are you asking about my son it's personal questions like that they connect us. It, she knows that. She knows that consciousness. It connects to what Ford says later about don't forget they're not human. And I mean whether they really are or not is a different question is for debate. But it reminds me of what Data on Star Trek dang, 2 points in the Star Trek draw jar as how he explains friendship. As I explain certain sensory input patterns, my mental pathways have become accustomed to them. The inputs eventually are anticipated and even missed when absent. That's how data describes friendship. But it is friendship. It's real friendship. She's asking this question. It's the same thing we do as humans. He might look at it as a robotic decision in her mind, or he looks at it as something more pure and more natural, because I think humans do that all the time. Or I do that all the time. I start thinking to myself, well, I haven't asked this person about this in so long. I haven't done this in this so long. I should make this person feel more comfortable with this. I mean, maybe I'm just accommodating, but or empathetic towards people or some shit. So, or just an asshole that wants to fucking manipulate people to my will by giving them what they want. Who knows why I do it, but it's pathological. I do it sometimes. And I think it's very machiney. Hey, everyone. Hey, Walking David. I haven't started watching Watch World with I just wanted to stop in and say hello to Flo and, of course, the motherfucking chat. Walking David. Great to see the Walking David. He will be joining us very soon. Uh, Joe and I will be making an announcement on the first Walking Dead cast about about that. But Walking David will be joining us a bunch during the Walking Dead season on some of our recaps. So lots of love to the Walking David and everything he's doing over on his channel. If you haven't checked that out yet, please check him out and subscribe to the Walking David. And I can't wait to get him here on the the podcast and david and i will also got a couple emails about this we'll also over the winter beginning of the winter and stuff uh very soon we'll be doing back to the future two and three as well that we haven't forgotten about that and we will be doing it both of us have just been really busy and uh and and yes i haven't had a chance to massage david's feet david and i need some one-on-one time where i really get in there and dig into the feet and make him feel good and touch him in the inappropriate parts of his body and spank so then let him spank me. Well, uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting hot and bothered. I'm, I'm thinking about how I would design my David Android. <laughs> hey, hey, I know, Sam, I had to change things up because originally we were going to do our Luke Cage show tonight, but Joe couldn't do it tonight. So I switched uh, to Monday and Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Lots of love back. Yeah, David, I feel like I haven't hugged you in a while, buddy. I'm due. Okay, enough of the personal talk. Enough of that shit. Enough of the uh enough of the me and Bernard having a conversation here. So, I just think it's really interesting the parallel that they do with 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 Dolores and maybe I'm just making it up, but I feel like they've definitely watched Star Trek and they've definitely seen everything that happened with Data on the series and they're mining that for pieces of things that work here and there. It could just be me because I'm a Trek Trek nerd. So, I, it is what it is. <laughs> analysis, and I love analysis mode. I love get all your responses. I don't want any scripted responses. How he talks during the whole interaction between the two of them is one of my favorite elements of the show. And I know uh, I think uh, uh, someone was saying. Sc- I scrolled up. I'm I'm blanking. But Bi- biotic was say Biotic flux was saying that. Every time he's interested in something, it, it goes to the lab and some shit that you're not as much interested in. It, this is what's cool about this show. I'm less interested in what's going on inside Westworld. I'm more interested in the lab shit. And maybe it's just because I'm more of a sci-fi fan than a Western fan. And my favorite Westerns are Deadwood, Young Guns, shit that's more modern Western. And I I like everything that's going on, but... It's, it's just what's cool about this show is I think there has many different elements for everybody. And you can say, oh, I love everything. You know, I love the action stuff. I love what's going on, you know, going on in, in Westworld proper. I dig what's going on in the lab. When, when they go down the lab and they start going into the Ford talking to one of the androids, or they go to uh, Bernard interviewing with Fo- talking to Ford, all that stuff. I'm really interested in that. Where I agree with you is when we get into Teresa and the board and all of that shit. I zone out a little bit. That's one of the elements of the show that I care uh, in the, what's weird I'll say, it's not care less, care more. I could care more about that. (laughs) I could definitely care more about the board and what's going on with Teresa and the writer and all of that and the hostile takeover and all of that shit. When I say I care about the lab stuff, it's the working on the Android shit and the Bernard and Ford's interactions with, with all of them. I could care less about the business dichotomy that's going on and all that sort of shit. Sam, I'll talk to you very soon. Magically delicious. Love. Great to see you. The actress does a great job changing her behaviors when she's prompted to the change. They cast so well with Dolores. I, this actress is killing it in that part. Killing it. Oh, Walking David, by the way, I don't know if you're still listening to this right now. I've, I've checked out the uh, the Lethal Weapon series that's on right now, and it's all right. It's pretty good. I'm going to be talking about it in one of the roundups. Pretty good for a remake type series. Uh, but the guy that they have playing Riggs, I, every time I see the show, I go, he's okay, but that should be David playing that part. For whatever it's worth. So here <laughs> David, I imagine you in that role every time. Uh the actress does a great job of changing your behavior. Dolores, I mean I know the lab, the interaction between the texts and the hosts are awesome, says Claudio. For me, the events in Westworld are ways of getting to the lab. Interesting point, Critch. I hate the I hate the lab right on by on. And but that's cool flux. And and I'm glad that you're sticking, you might you like the Western stuff enough that you're sticking on to it, and maybe it will grow on you. Maybe it won't. The show will fall by the wayside for you. I could see how, again, that this show is not going to be for everyone or be what everybody wants it to be. Um, All I can say for me is what you know what I like and under try to understand where you're coming from. Your respect. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Let me handle this. Like I'm on the internet here. Fuck you. Fuck you in your opinion. You're wrong. You're fucking wrong. No, no, I I mean, I see where you're coming from. And I see, like, I can see how this show, certain people are going to like certain elements of it, not other elements. And some people are going to like the whole kit and caboodle. I'm with the kit and caboodle. I'm with Critch that we're both infected. They've stuck us with a needle of goodiness. And now I feel overwhelmed by it. Uh, Great to see everyone. Al Red Soxman, thank you for joining us. And Al, as always, thank you for all the support that you give us, buddy. Okay, so then we wake up to another day and we see Dolores' new dad letting out the cows and shit. She warms up for the day and she's and she sees the gun and unwraps it and uh, and she puts it back and she looks at herself and she hears a voice and says, Do you remember? And it shows her being uh, touched by the men in black and she forgets and she puts the gun away. So let's just <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was that. <laughs> so it's an interesting scene. Again, it connects a lot to the first scene. I really love Evan Rachel Wood. Is that her name, I believe? In the performance she's giving and how she, the Groundhog Dayness of it all, waking up every day and how every day changes a little bit. This episode was a little bit more comparative to episode one in that way because we're following her. And with episode two, we we got Billy and what is this? Someone said it earlier. Is it Tyler? Is it William and Tyler? Is that the two name of those characters? The the two dicks or the uh the two new guys or the nice guy and the dick, the two uh the two guests. So so interesting scene. she goes to the gun, she unwraps it. She's still hearing this voice that at times we still sounds at me like Bernard, but then at other times when the voice is talking to her, like later in the episode when it says shoot him, it's not. Uh, it's pro- it's what's his name? It's uh Arnold. And Mave, yeah, and Mave as well. So then we go back to Billy and uh, the new guy, the newcomer, and he's walking around, meeting folks, and uh, looking for quests. He's walking around his hub world, and he's looking for some quests. I want a quest. Um, ready my pay. <laughs> he watches this whole thing going on. Uh, this guy, this guy, getting brought back from the reward reward hunt that ultimately escapes and shoots a bunch of guys in town. The bad guy goes to escape, and Billy won't shoot him from behind. He's, he's getting too scared to shoot him from behind for some reason. And ultimately, uh, ultimately gets into a shootout, but Billy saves the day. When Billy gets shot, and then this guy takes the weird-eyed girl, the weird-eyed hooker girl that we see around all the time, and Billy saves the day by shooting the guy in the back. And then we see that that william or billy got shot he physically got shot like there's physically gets a bullet as his dick friend comes up and is like hey buddy your cherry. you popped your cherry i
1: thought you said we couldn't get shot you can't get killed much of a game is they can't shoot back how do you feel hmm? alive tight in the pants she was terrified. That's, that's why they exist, man. So, so you get to feel this. Come on. Let's go put
0: some memories in that spank bag. Trust me, you would thank me after you've been married to my sister for a year. And
1: actually, I have something different
0: in mind. And I think it's interesting in the scene as they go back and forth and talk about this. And William calls him out on this. And I think I could relate to this because if I was there, I'd probably just be going, I mentioned this before, I'd be a pussy at first too. And it would be tough for me and pussy. <laughs> and I probably would be the guy picking up the cart and falling in love with Dolores and playing the love story route over and over again and that kind of thing. But his friend Tyler just cares about going there to fuck androids. Fuck girls that won't say no to him, that he that he can just pay an overall price and go in there and have sex with anybody he wants. Whereas Billy wants adventure. He wants to feel like the hero. And he calls him out on this. He, he's like, Tyler, all you've done since we got here is fuck. Come on, let's do something else. Let's go on a quest. Let's go on a hunt. Every time I mention a quest, you say no. Let's go have sex. Is all you want to do here is jerk off with an android? Come on, let's fucking play. Let's go have an adventure. This reminds me of what I'd be home. I'd be home playing my 3ds Fire Emblem game in the inside the inside the hotel. But like, Phil, go out and interact." Uh, yeah, can I can I put headphones on at home so I don't actually have to leap? No, I mean I'm I'm kidding, but and then Joe would be like, "Come on, Phil, let's go adventure, let's go adventure, let's go kill some people or something." What?
1: That? Well, you've been preaching nonstop about all the narratives in the park, but all you've done since we've arrived is fucking drinks. So I'm waiting for the good stuff. this this bounty's?
2: jv shit long, long adventure. let's do the real shit
0: adventure adventure like like liking liked take care oh take care al great to see you 1-800 to drew great to see you my friend yo phil saw you were doing reviews on this so i decided to watch all three last night all i have to do is all i have to say is wow exactly wow that and this is going to be a real fun series for anyone that doesn't discover it. That just binge watches all ten episodes because it makes me hungry for more after an episode. This show knows how to make you hungry, and it knows how to end an episode strong too. It really knows how to end an episode strong and make you want more at the end of the end of what you see. The one thing I don't like about the show, though, is I know they the host should I know they the host should hurt the guest, but stormtroopers aim annoy shouldn't hurt the guest, but stormtroopers aim annoys me. Ragnar says, I see what you did there, Delicious. Haha, <laughs> Logan is so fucking hot, says Moose. I already forgot who Logan is. He seems uh, unappreciated by his wife, and now he wants to be appreciated as a hero. Logan's run should be a series, though. Uh, I know I know, he should be hot, but uh, Stormtrooper... Yeah, the Stormtrooper aim annoys you. The fact that that's just how they miss, and when they do hit you, it feels more like a... Like a pellet or a BB, probably even less than a BB. He didn't. He didn't seem like he even had a hole in it. I've definitely seen people pierced by BBs, so it seems like it's probably just, just like ow, like someone slapping you across the slapping you across the arm, uh, or something like that. Because, because Billy William or whatever his name is seemed to get up pretty quickly. Always keep your foes confused. If they don't know who you are, what you want, they can't know what you plan to do next. Speech-to-text isn't liking me today. Isn't it funny, KLC, that some days it works better than others? And I always question if it's me, but some days, some days it's just horrible. And I always do speech-to-text because I have my clunky conga hands. It's tough to type on little things. I, I miss my quarterly keyboard or what, quarter, what are or the, uh, the flip phones with the big keyboards. Okay, so our next scene is douchey Teresa with Bernard talking about the new narrative and Ford issues. Yada yada yada. Ford
2: Ford taking over the narrative launch of you. Yeah, office. yeah, 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 yada,
0: yada. Uneasy. Just the
1: board, huh? I specifically asked you about whether Ford was going to be a problem. Bless you, Stephanie. And was he assured me he wasn't. Well, I can't tell you what I don't know. Well, here's what I know. This morning <laughs> just in
0: the look I gave her when she sees you. See, I'm like,
1: Recording! A huge swath of the park for whatever storyline is cooking up.
0: And see, tomorrow, see ya, KLC. Great to see you, buddy. Talk to you tomorrow night. We're finally going to be talking about Daredevil Season 2.
2: The existing storylines into disarray?
1: Is there anything I can do?
2: You tell me. I asked you point blank if the problem with the update was resolved. It is. Then why are your people still going host for follow-up?
1: So then,
0: then after this scene, we go to this goes on a little bit. We they uh, they investigate after the scene. Bernard transitions over to talk to I don't know her name, the girl from Raising Hope. She's still one of the characters. I have no clue what her fucking name is. Uh, Raising Raising Hope girl. And she's watching the milk attack from from episode one over and over again. And she starts to learn something about this. Very interesting what she learns. It's the Jaws four thing that she learns. she learns that some of the hosts are shooting hosts that have killed them before in other scenarios are only targeting hosts as she watches trevor or no is this trevor that she's watching no it's not somebody else who said that who's saying
1: that don't you talk to me that way i can't hear you do you see that oh, yeah, they it. he's talking to, talking to someone He carries on practically an entire conversation. Who's Arnold? Arnold. They're designed to play off aberrant behavior. He got to the job. Conversation. He's the best mindfucked. He kills six hosts. (laughs) He lets the other three go. I pulled the narrative lobs. All six of these hosts
0: were part of storylines over the years in which they killed Walter. It's like he was holding a grudge. (sighs) A grudge? It's like, you can hear me typing in the background. It's Jaws 4! Right when she says grudge, I go, Jaws 4! Hold a grudge! Uh, Anthony Hopkins telling a story. Oh, I can't wait to get to that. can't wait to hear that again. Uh, We're getting closer to that scene. I was surprised that Bernard didn't take his boss bought out of the closet and give her a high magically delicious Lisa and Trevor are going to hook up eventually she's frustrated and he's frustrated Phil who do you think the best actress actor on the show is Walking Dead Sam yep Walking Dead coming up very soon Samantha and I just want to scroll up to what somebody's question is uh was it ultimately do we think was it who was it that said that? I thought I saw a question in there on the way through about... Oh, no, there is. In the long run, do we support the humans or the me- or mechanicals? I think in the long run on this series, it's going to be like... like, I'm not, not going to say it because... Like some other shows we may watch where it depends. Where some of the machines are going to be evil and some of the some of the humans are going to be, quote-unquote, evil. evil, And I'm just using evil as a bold example. I think it's going to be more gray than that. I think definitely some of the hosts are going to be crazy fucking people. But I think for the most part, as the show goes so far, I relate a little bit more to Dolores. Excuse me. But then I relate a lot to Anthony Hopkins and Bernard's character. So it's split for me so far. But if anyone I relate to more... Excuse me, it's probably The Mechanicals at this point. Phil, what do you think the best actor, actress in the show? It's hard not to give the best actor award so far to Anthony Hopkins just because he's Anthony fucking Hopkins. But the actor that's playing Bernard and Teddy are all doing great jobs. And Ed Harris. Oh, fuck. Fuck you. Fuck you. Best actress. Maeve is doing an exceptional job. And so is the girl that plays the hooker. Uh, The other hooker, the, the... the wide-eyed one, she's doing some great looks and some of her subtle moments are exceptionally well portrayed. But I can't not give it to Evan Evan Rachel Wood for, for the overall award on the show as the best acting so far on the show. Her switches from all her different mechanical modes and the accents and everything like that and her transitions are so spotless that I can't not give it to her. And for actor, I'm going to give it three ways to Bernard... The actor that plays Bernard, Anthony Hopkins, and Anthony Hopkins, and Ed Harris. Um, Teddy's doing a great job. The actor that plays Teddy's doing a great job, but he's just a minor step below the rest of them, and it's hard for me to decide between those three. Bernard, Ed Harris, and, and the actor that played Dolores' father did a great job in that moment, but I'm not going to give a great best actor in the show because he's done. he's only had that one moment, but that was maybe my favorite moment. Mm. And his breakdown with Anthony Hopkins in episode one. So, great question. Great question. Sweet. Mellow. Great. I'm so glad you stumbled. What did I stumble into? What's this? What did I stumble into? Hello. My name is Phil. I'm doing hi, Flash. This is Zoom. Hi, Flash. This is some. Okay, <laughs> just so you know I'm not t- <laughs> I, I can't do that too much That hurts my voice <laughs> Or if I'm going to do that, I have to do that with a digital effect I can't do that to- do that myself <laughs> uh, I, Grimlock, Lord of the Dinobots <laughs> Command you <laughs> I don't mind her either It's a great ensemble Samantha, your icon is a dire wolf <laughs> It is, and you know it <laughs> The duo who plays Dolores' his ex- ex-father was great Excellent, Claudio I gotta give him his credit every chance I get he just gave it such an amazing performance. Was really pound, uh, pound for pound, going, going, punch for punch with Anthony Hopkins. I just realized Anthony Hopkins' character is Robert Ford. Interesting, I guess. David Adams, great to see you, buddy. I'm discovering you during. I discovered you during Game of Thrones season. Mel, oh, thank you for joining and thank you for subscribing. And however you found out about us, thank you to uh, probably either Carmine or Devin that sent you my way. Huge thank you to you, Mel. For checking us out and uh, huge hug. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to the party, man. David Adams sounds like a famous guy. It does. I love saying some. I love saying all of your names, but some of the names just sound like David Adams. It sounds like a baseball player, like a professional baseball player named David Adams, pitcher for the Dodgers or something like that. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins should do a scene with some grapevines, Chianti, and fava bean plants inconspicuously in the background. <laughs> Steve August is this as well. I think he's last longer in this. Yeah, I keep mentioning, I keep referring to him as Trevor, but thank you. I, I always forget his real name and I just call him Trevor and everything. And when we were doing a Walking Dead review last season, I was like, and Trevor was awesome. Someone goes, who the hell are you talking about? And that's what I'm talking about. So uh so then we get to ugly Helmsworth and Raising Hope talking some shit as they head out of bed. Tell
1: me, is my surveillance coverage really this body, or are you just like nature walks? Maybe it's a company. Dun on Dunch. You know, if you wanted to play cowboy, you could just use your employee as well. Did on Dunch! The only thing stopping all from hacking is to pieces. Did on Dunch. No
0: offense, but I sleep with it. I bet you do. <laughs> I need the Seinfeld music with those two. So, these two throughout the episode have their. I'm gonna yada yada their part until we get to the end with them, but ultimately they just go back and forth with yada yada, yada yada yada, yada yada yada, yada yada yada. yada, 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 yada. <laughs> I bet Sean Bean dies next episode. I want Sean Bean added to this show just so he can die. Uh, someone asked me earlier in a, in one of the comment sections. I think it was in episode one. What Game of Thrones actors I'd like to see on this show? And number one on my list is uh, is T- Tywin Lannister. Is uh, Charles Dance? I I would love to see Charles Dance on this show, and uh, I think he would be fit well into the show as well. Uh, I don't know where maybe as uh, Maybe he could be. Uh, he could. Uh, they showed him a little bit, and they've already heard his voice. But maybe he could be Arnold. <laughs> he doesn't look like an Arnold, but he would be. He would be someone. Sean Bean. I'd love to see Sean Bean on the show as well. And my other would be Pedro Pascal. I would love to see Pedro Pascal on the show. And so I don't think that he – that None of that's probably going to happen. That's just me playing wishy-wishy. And I also mentioned Burt Chance from Raising Hope. We already have one Raising Hope character from Deadwood. I'd like to see some Deadwood people come over and be on this show at times, even if it's just for a single episode here, or a single episode there. Not playing their Deadwood characters, but just seeing some of those actors make their way onto the show and other HBO people making their way onto this show. We're going to be talking about Luke Cage tomorrow night, but it was great to see so many Wire people pop up on Luke Cage and a Oz person pop up on Luke Cage. I love seeing the HBO actor's family working on other things and showing up on other shows, because so some of them were so famous for their performances on their particular show, whether it be The Sopranos, Oz, Wire. Few of them have busted out or, or people that have came in, bigger stars that come in. But for, for the most part, in some cases you have like character actors that are just synonymous for their parts on these HBO series. Cause they're so good. So uh, th- those are a couple of actors I might want to see pop up on a West world if possible. And maybe Kyle Drogo is a huge Android. That would be fucking awesome too. He would be, he would work on the show, but he's going to, he's going to be a movie star. Cause Aquaman's going to be a huge hit cricket. <laughs> we all know what happened with Aquaman. And I, I don't know I I have I have my hopes for Aquaman because I like him but I've never been a huge fan of the character and and I only have one Aquaman and that's Vinny Chase <laughs> Patrick Stewart in extras and then all her clothes off fell off uh, and all her clothes fell off I want all the sand snakes and have them killed off every week Omar on Westworld just so someone can go Omar's coming. I would love to see Charles dance as well. I would love to see Charles dance as well. See what I did there? I would love to see him dance, yeah. I would love to see Charles in charge dance. So uh, so then we get Teddy. Uh, Oh, is this our scene with Teddy and... Then we get Ugly Helmsworth and Raising Hope. Then we get Teddy in another situation with an outlaw. Aw, Teddy. Teddy's gun kills a bunch of dudes, and they check. Oh, this is Teddy actually stopping. Teddy's stopping somebody. We see Teddy and his little crew take down this little gang of outlaws. Great to see you, Brainwashed. Lots
1: of love, buddy. You and your dickless associate proposing to engage me in a gun battle?
2: Well, I challenge you to a fist fight, but the way I heard it,
0: Oh shit, was this girl a guest? She, I didn't even put my fit. This is one of those examples. Someone said in the chat, the girl with the shotgun, she was a guest, right? Fuck. Okay. Fuck. I gotta watch the episode again now. I, I love this goddamn show. I just thought she was one of uh one of his crew, one of Teddy's crew. But now it makes a lot more sense that why she goes up to the whore, the uh goes up with uh, with the whore at the end and the whore says the same thing. I thought she was just part of the uh part of the storyline, but yeah, she is, she's a she's a guest. You and your ridiculous uh, partner here. We only like to tussle with words. Thank you, Critch. Thank you. Everybody. I, for whatever reason, I was in in my notes. I wrote her as a host. And again, fucking love you, show. <laughs> Mel, great question. Can we talk about the gun technology that the hosts are using that put? holes in other guests, but only hit like a paintball against the guests. What I'm assuming is that the body material of the, of the hosts is a thinner skin than thinner material of some sort. Or there's something about the material that fires out of in-part guns that when it hits uh hits the machine, it expands or does some sort of physio- physiologically Physical, some sort of scientific reaction to the body. That was a total Yosemite Sam Elmer Fudd moment there. Uh, some something that affects the skin of the robots very easily and can pass through them. But when it hits a human, it just doesn't have enough strength to pass through human skin or something. So it just feels like a whip. Again, I mentioned this earlier that in the movie it has to do with the weapon sensing. It's real guns, but it has to do with it sensing the material. I mean, the heat off a human or something. I think that's why it's important that we see Dolores get a real gun at a point in time. Because now there's a real gun in the park that can kill humans. Whereas the other bullets inside the guns are probably specifically designed to just kill androids. She was a... But Tony, she was a whore! Signing off because I don't want to, any spoilers. We'll watch the podcast after I see. Make sure to share your thoughts, Brainwashed. Love to see you, buddy. Thank you. She, reek in another language means dickless. Reek in every language means stickless. Bullet squabs. Ed Harris didn't seem to get hit at all in the pilot. Very good point. Sting, it seemed to bounce off of Ed Harris. Where is, so maybe he's just used to it. Where is The first time you feel something like that, it could drive you back just from a, I don't know how to explain it other than a, uh, when when you take a pill and it's, you everyone takes a a pill, but one person takes the fake pill. uh, So you think that, or if you see someone shooting at you with a gun, and you see a bullet and you feel something hit you, and the very first time, you're gonna think it might hurt you. So you're gonna fall down, the energy of all that's gonna go, like, oh shit! Where is a, <laughs> where is someone like Ed Harris that's been coming there for 30 years, knows how it feels, and is just used to it by that point, and just like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck that, <laughs> fuck that. You know, like, where is in the moment, of someone getting it for the very first time, it's going to sting. You know, I used to get, when I was a kid, I was like one of those sick kids that I have to go to the hospital all the time and get blood taken all the time. Those first couple of times, I fucking hated it. It was like the most horrible feeling in the world. They'd strap me up to that fucking machine, stick the blood into me, and have to fucking get the blood taken from me and shit. Horrible. Horrifying. By the last time, I was like, yeah, stick me. I like it. Where I have to thank that doctor for making me kind of a masochist. <laughs> where I'm like, oh, I like that pain. Give it to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's probably something like that to the effect. Or Ed Harris greater than Chuck Norris <laughs> could also be the could also be a very easier description of the situation. So this is kind of a long scene. I'm going to play is he dead? through. Good enough. Why am we gonna handcuff a dead man? Just, Just because I accidentally, instead of breaking this up in clips, I recorded this whole big segment in one segment, which is Teddy going into the bar, uh, having a little interaction with Maeve that recalls remet that has a flashback moment. And we see a lot more flashbacks in this episode between different some of the hosts where she flashes back seeing Teddy in the pile of designing or the bodies that were being refitted and cleaned and and put back out there. So she's starting to really be discovered and really that phrase that that Dolores whispered to her is really opening her mind, Quaid. Free your mind, Quaid. Free your mind. So her mind's starting to become free like Quaid. And, uh, and Dolores and Teddy get into the whole back and forth, their whole thing going on back and forth. And then they take off and they have a very important conversation that comes comes out here.
1: Am waiting on that drink a bit?
0: where Dolores is on a higher level than Teddy. And the look that she gives him at the end of this scene is intense as hell. With She kind of goes crazy. She does not want to stay here. She tells him about, about her calling. Teddy's looks are kind of confusing. Teddy talks about a safe place down south and that someday that he'll take her there. And she freaks out. We'll hear this part because I think this is just exceptional acting by Evan Rachel Wood here. She freaks out on the someday. Someday, someday, someday is something people that never want to do things say. It's kind of (laughs) true. And I don't want it to be someday. Let's go now, Teddy. Fucking now. Let's go now, you little bitch. And Teddy, his programming does not allow him to go there yet. What I wonder is why she didn't give him the speech, give him the, the violent delights thing. Probably because when she said it before, she was in a trance connecting to Arnold so she doesn't rationally know her computer mind doesn't rationally know that cue q- q yet otherwise I think she would have given it to Teddy in this moment but instead she is disappointed in Teddy and disappointed in the moment
2: like
1: the world
0: out there is, is Teddy this show's butt monkey this butt monkey the Kenny the whipping boy the bitch boy Isn't there anywhere we could go? we're gonna get into it in the next scene when Anthony Hopkins tells us exactly what Teddy is
1: there is a place I heard about down south. What it me to see. They say the water's so pure over there it'll wash the past clean off yet.
0: Brandon, thank you for the support. Because of you guys in the live motherfucking chat, and everyone that commented on this or has checked out the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever, wherever you guys have checked out our stuff. And I've gotten a bunch of emails and comments and stuff like that. I'm reviewing this because I have to and I love the show, but I'm also reviewing it because you guys in the fucking you guys suggested this show to me and you know left people were checking this out and wanting to watch this so i'm excited to be able to talk about this show every, every week and excited to have you guys whether you're listening to this live or checking out it later and sharing your comments or sending me emails or comments or calls or whatever thank you to everybody that's checking this out and i'm having a ton of fun talking about this show and And can't wait to talk about it all season in one way, shape, or form. I keep saying this, but there are some weeks where I may do double episodes if I can't get to the show in the week or it becomes so late in the week. And it's like, do I talk about the last episode on a Thursday if my week is fucking clogged? Or do I just double it up on a Monday or Tuesday or something? So these episodes will exist on Mondays or Tuesdays. If I get past that, I'm probably going to double it up. So...
1: You can start again.
0: Bootstrapping consciousness. I
2: like to go there
0: with you. I like that phrase. Lotus. <laughs> I hear you can hear a Lotus in the in the oh, microphone. Here. here it is. Someday. Someday. Something wrong. Someday.
2: You said someday. Not today or tomorrow or next week. Just someday. Someday sounds a lot like the thing people say when they actually mean never
0: Motherfucker! Let's not
2: go someday,
0: Teddy. Let's go now, motherfucker! Let's go now. Bootstrapping consciousness would also be a good name for a band too. I like that phrase. It's Ted. The show's uh, William was stuck with struck with bullet version 1.0 of 30 years ago because he's an earlier timeline. Harris is in the current timeline, and bullets hurt less. Like if I went back in time and did some technical difficulties 30 years ago, I'd be like, this sh- this technical difficulty is nothing. The show is starting right away. so yeah so then he immediately goes right to his script and the look she gives him at the at the end is this 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 look it's almost like the look i gave my little cousin when he was almost potty trained and instead of shitting on the potty he shat on the floor and i just give him this look like "Ah, close buddy you're so close (laughs) not quite there you know not quite there and she gives him that look you're getting there. You're getting soon. Soon I will have you. And she legitimately loves him and has an affinity for him, wh- whoever or wherever she is. It's just, he's not ready for her yet. He then turns her down. And she gives a sad, kind of evil look. And we then hear a gunshot like in episode one as they go to the home and the farm. We hear gunshots and screams in the dark. Then we go to the lab and we get 3D printing with Anthony Hopkins with an eye. Amazing visual of Anthony Hopkins, uh, or Anthony Hopkins, of a 3D printing eye with Anthony Hopkins talking to Teddy
2: of course Shakespeare never met a man quite like you Teddy you've died at least a thousand times
0: it got cut off but the quote is a coward dies a thousand times before his death but the valiant taste of death uh, but but the valiant tastes death but once and I believe that's from Julius
2: Caesar don't indulge your courage tell me is that all you aspire to Teddy
1: There's a girl, Dolores, better than I deserve. But maybe someday soon we'll have the life we've both been dreaming of. No, you never will. No!
2: Your job is not to protect Dolores, it's to keep her here, to ensure that the guests find her if they want to best stall the gunslinger and have their way with this girl. Tell me, has it never occurred to you to run off with her? i got some reckoning to do before I can be with her. Oh, of course. Ah, yes. yes. A mysterious backstory. It's the reason for my visit. Do you know why it is a mystery, Teddy? Because we never actually bothered to give you one, just a formless guilt you will never atone for. Uh, Perhaps it is time you had a worthy story of origin. Would you like that, Teddy? Small part of my new narrative. I love fiction, which, like all great stories, I love how he talks to them, is rooted in truth.
0: It's very true.
2: Best lies are rooted in truth. a time of war, a world in flames, with a villain called Wyatt.
0: Wyatt. Who's Wyatt? And then he just types it all up. He's like, did you remember now, Teddy? Do you remember? Remember! So it's basically. Of course, I remember why. It gives Teddy something to do. So then we get. On the face of true
1: evil, you to get. he could hear the voice of God. Started down near Escalante. Army was sent to put down the natives. Bad business. Why it was a sergeant went missing. Well, I don't
0: so know. we learn more about why it's backstory. We hear about that, which is yada yadding a little bit. So another song is we see Dolores walking down through the town and getting harassed by some hosts and I think a guest. This is when Trevor comes into play and Trevor starts harassing her with with uh, one of the guests, a newcomer, and uh, that wants an easy mark. And uh, they picked her to kind of give him a, get him an easy go. I don't know. And Teddy's
1: daughter would be a nice way to
0: kick things off. Oh, Trevor. Maybe
1: take us off for a little hayride. I'm sorry. I have to get home. My father will be expecting me.
0: Teddy, Teddy comes and saves the oh. day here.
2: Lady doesn't appear interested.
0: So it gets tense for a second, but ultimately... They decide to go because the guest says, uh, guest triggers one of the hosts to to say, uh, I want an easy one my first off the bat. So they kind of head to the whorehouse and it saved Teddy a death (laughs) because Teddy was about to get killed right there by those guys. So then we get to Teddy and Dolores out and Teddy's... Teddy's teaching her how to shoot. She closes her eyes and she can't shoot. She just can't do it. And he says maybe it's for the best. They embrace, and some people come up and say, come up and say that they have a bounty to collect. That what that's the guy you've been looking for. It's a bunch of people coming and they've come to find Teddy and go hunt out Wyatt. The uh the mission is setting. The uh The Wyatt thing has happened, and Teddy's now having to go down his mission and down his storyline. They say goodbye, and and, uh, Dolores says, do you need to leave? She says, promise me you'll come back. He says, I promise you. They kiss. It's like the the Team America thing. Promise me you'll never, ever ever die. I'll never, ever die.
1: Word is the only man ever up against and live to tell
0: the tale. So then we get all of these guys kissing and getting ready to you say goodbye sure. and heading off. What's up PCI? Great to see you, buddy. <laughs> was Harris having a bit of a rapey time with Dolores or up to something else? You I know, see. I right here with you, I would. The more time goes on, I think he was doing something else. He was starting the He's process of creating a be- better game. Or I'm he could you. just be it could just be what it seems. He's looking for the best game possible, and he just felt like going over what his favorite thing was. I know if you play a game, I play Super Mario Brothers every once in a while, and that and level 1-1 one, one is easy, and you just want to play it every once in a while because you know how to play it. And to Ed Harris, this could just be a giant video game, or there could be something more to it. I tend to feel like there's something more to it, that, there is, that he's somehow a, a vessel of of uh arnold but i could be wrong i gotta put my stomach size the south tip cook up that rabbit get the wood. so conditions. so here we go it's with a group of outlaws talking shit i ain't chopping any more wood
1: spend more time on your back and stuck a in, in a loop head. now pick up that fucking axe and go chop us
0: yeah and it just it turns in raising hope character shows up
1: These guys got caught in a loop.
0: Dun 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 dunch! Sorry.
1: They were due in town for the cattle drive over two days ago. Host who went missing is the woodcutter. Looks like the rest of them got stuck here waiting for supper.
0: You guys can't program more than one of these idiots to make a fire?
1: Yeah, we could. But thanks to a new policy from your boss, only one of them is authorized to handle the axe. rest of them can't even touch it. Weapons privileges need to be doled out selectively. Hmm. Yet, they give you a gun
0: hmm (laughs) don't touch sorry so Australia has a hobby
1: yeah this is
0: what I wanted to hear
2: backstories do more than amuse guests They, they anchor the host it's their cornerstone the rest of their identity is built around it layer by layer
1: well if you're gonna go to all that trouble you could have at least given him a steadier hand
0: and that's when she notices that it's outside the norm of what they actually showed him to do. It is the Orion's Belt thing that she doesn't find it out later till what's his name, till uh, till Helmsworth says, "Oh, well, what is that? Is that uh, that's Orion's Belt?" So she's actually thinking in this moment that, "Holy shit!" They're starting to develop skills that we didn't get them, give them. So then we go to number twelve, masks. Teddy and his crew hunting Wyatt. need them to be afraid of talking some shit. He's telling them about how evil Wyatt and his crew are.
1: Kill anyone. Pain don't slow them. They don't fear death. They reckon they've already died and gone to hell. This is it. Sounds like you learned something about him while you were tracking him down. I wasn't tracking him down. Wasn't always a bounty hunter.
0: The army down so the what's Ascalante. what's interesting in this scene coming up is they come upon a tree, and they see some people being flayed on the tree that Ramsey uh, Snow mm-hmm. left there, Ramsey Bolton left there. No, they find some people, some hosts that have been kind of left up there, yeah. and they all react with the smell. Boy, Do weird. the androids really smell, or is that just a built-in reaction when they see a dead body? It's, it's, it's just funny. They all go, ah, gross. So then they go and they start to uh, they come to the bodies tied to the trees with flies all around them. Uh, do the machines really smell, or is the buzz of the fly, is there really the buzz of the flies? It's horrible. One of the bodies coughs and is still alive, and they hear some noise, and then they start getting shot. And one of the guys that's one of the guests on this on this tr- on this trip says, oh, I should have done the riverboat adventure. This is too much, and the game is on. So then we go back in our next scene back to investigating with the team of Helms and Hope.
1: He's vectoring. It's not the home They're belts.
0: vectoring. We're going there. It's the marking there. markings of the stars. Markings of Orion's belt. So here we go. Bionic uh, can kind of tune it out now as we get into another Bernard scene. I really love this scene. This is Bernard and Hopkins. He's and there. first we get Hopkins, uh, Anthony Hopkins, berating a guy. This is one of my favorite scenes of the episode. The
2: old into
0: the new. Oh, I guess not. There's the whole scene. No, here we go.
2: Or ashamed. He wanted to cover his modesty. Is that it? doesn't get cold. doesn't feel
0: ashamed. Dude, I went on a rant earlier in the podcast, Robert, about holy shit that I need to get that technology for this podcast. So when I'm like 80 years old, I can do the Melisandre or the Hopkins or the Robert Downey Jr. thing and I can forever do the podcast like this. <laughs> so that's all I want. I want that technology for myself. That technology is amazing that they do that now. It opens up possibilities so much for people to go back and do movie roles and stuff or even bit parts or flashbacks and shit. Like, instead of having to cast someone that looks somewhat similar to do that to what they can do now with Hopkins or what they did with Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War, it's incredible incredible and that they did this on a tv show too a tv budget i know this show has like an incredible budget and it's probably all used on that but come on we can't get direwolves and giants in same shots but we can pay for anthony hopkins young anthony hopkins but whatever it worked hello great to see everyone in the live motherfucking chat love you guys you guys are great and thank you for all your comments and questions. And thank you to everyone that's listening to this later as well, whether it's on the podcast or on the YouTube video later. Thank you to everybody. And if you're listening to this live or listening to this in the YouTube video, check out the description box below for all different ways to find us and help us out. So
2: here we go. Let's listen to a more. It doesn't feel a solitary thing that we haven't told it to. Understand? understand? What can I do for you, top.
1: I thought it best that we speak <laughs> in private, sir.
0: Bernard was like, don't undress me like that. Don't do that to me. No.
2: I thought we had agreed to put these questions to
0: rest. I'm with you magically. We're simple people. We want simple things.
1: But, uh, we, we, we did. <laughs> but
0: what if we misdiagnosed the original problem? treated the was the woodcutter mashing his head to destroy and hide evidence of altered software or code i see and Chris says i agree with that very possibly i didn't even think about that i just thought it was a trigger that it couldn't hurt one of the designers but it could hurt one of the security officers for some reason or maybe a clue that helms isn't who we who we think he is that maybe he's a machine or some sort i don't know i just uh i didn't even think about that but that's a very good point
1: rather than the disease, then the disease is still out there. Abernathy and Walter were exhibiting other aberrancies beyond memory recall of previous bills. They were hearing voices, uh, talking to someone. simple cognitive dissonance, that's all. I, I, I agree, except they were talking to the same imaginary person
0: One day, Rag. One day, we'll have a 24-hour stream. (laughs) Or 12-hour. 12-hour.
1: Arnold. With due respect, sir, I'm not sure you've told me the entire truth about this situation. I
2: did tell you the truth, Bernard. What we do here is complicated.
0: And this is what I mean. I know it introduces another secret by introducing Arnold, but also we actually get Hopkins' backstory. We actually get more Ford backstory. We see him obviously in the past, but we find out a lot more about the way the the park was structured, how they were there for, I think it's two, we'll hear it in a second, but two or three years designing.
2: For three years we lived here in the park, refining the host before a single guest set foot inside. Myself, a team of engineers, and my partner.
1: You had a partner? Yeah.
2: When the legend becomes fact, you print the legend. My business
0: partners... Anthony Hopkins with uh, w- Amazing Statement or something like that could have gone with uh, History is Written by the Winners, but that's also a good one.
2: wasn't happy to scrub him from the records, and I suppose I didn't discourage them. His name was Arnold. Those early years were glorious. No guests, no board meetings, just pure creation.
0: So this is when he's drawing the thing on the he's drawing a triangle on the on the board and showing
2: A hosts began to pass the tuning test after the first okay. year. But there wasn't enough for Arnold. He he wasn't interested in the appearance of intellect or wit. He wanted the real thing. He wanted to create consciousness.
0: Rag, it might be a good way to get some press.
2: He imagined S- it's a-
0: <laughs> <laughs> seriously, and I wanna
2: improvisation. I want some the- CG
0: side butthole going on, <laughs> Scott. And at the top.
2: Never got that, but he had a notion of what it might be. He based it on a theory of consciousness called the bicameral mind—the idea that
1: primitive man believed his thoughts to be the voice of the gods. And I thought it was debunked.
2: Not as a theory for understanding the human mind, perhaps, but not as a blueprint for building an artificial one.
0: Like this is where See, built- this is where it gets interesting and deep with uh, what they're saying—that's a real thing, the the basalwood of the mind or whatever it was. Uh, the, Arnold's the forgotten innovator of Westworld hosts. Imagine the tears of artificial intelligence as a pyramid. His base was memory above that improvisation and self-interest. At the very top, you never got there, says Dr. Ford. The secret is the bicemarial mind, a real pivotal and perhaps cockamamie theory that shook up psychology and neuroscience the world 40 years ago. After a mention on in this Westworld episode, The Stray could do the same for Jonathan uh, Jonathan Nolan and Letha Joy's Brainy Sci-Fi series. In 1976, psychologist and Princeton lecturer uh, Julian Jaynes, Jaynes uh, published a book called *The Origins of Consciousness and a Breakdown of a Bison, Bison Marial Mind*: a radical detailing of mankind's ascension. Excuse me, mankind's ascension into a state of true consciousness. According to Jaynes, humans only develop the ability to think for themselves, consider their actions, and stand aware of their stand aware of their own awareness for around 3,000 years. Before then, they took orders from voices inside their heads where they believed to be deities. The left hemisphere of the brain would shout, jump. The right hemisphere would say, how high? Jane's, uh for this separation, is a stark contrast between Homer's Iliadra and her non-conscious minds. And blah, 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 blah. Okay, so that's what, if you're curious, more information about that, check out Origins of Consciousness in the Breakdowns of the Bicameral Mind. A 1976 book by Julian Jaynes. Uh, we're not going to go down that Wikipedia rabbit hole I did that last night it's a rabbit hole if you want to go down the if you want to go down your own Wikipedia rabbit hole with that we're gonna do that I'm not gonna turn this uh podcast into a science class where me talking about shit I have no clue what I'm talking about so and I'm just reading off a fucking uh sheet of paper I'm Ron Burgundy Ron Burgundy science uh (laughs) Scott Freely also sounds like a famous guy like a guitar player for a, for a band or something he's the he's the uh, he's the uh, guitar player or isn't that Ace Freely is the guitar player for, for a hair rock band or worse yes worse probably Ford and Bernard working I- indecently to do the same thing keyboard independently Doc- Dr. fit I used to do a bit on my old show uh, Dr. Phil W hey
2: everybody Dr.
0: Phil W calling out on the 978 hi I feel my friend. He spanked me on my side by hole. What do I do about that? You tell him. You know, shit like that. Four is working to replace humidity with androids. Quick sandwich break. Why do you think my camera was off? It was some technical difficulties. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten yet today. I have to eat a sandwich. <laughs> and when I do podcasts with other people, at least I have the break of them talking. Now I have to fill in the gaps with these, uh, these, uh, I have to have Anthony Hopkins
2: as my co-host here. A version of their cognition in which the hosts heard their programming as a, an inner monologue with the hopes that in time their own voice would take over as a way to bootstrap consciousness. But Arnold hadn't considered two things. One, that in this place the last thing you want the hosts to be is conscious. And two, the other group who considered their thoughts to be the voices of the gods lunatics indeed we abandoned the approach the only vestiges that remain are the voice commands we use to control them but for all his brilliance i don't think Arnold understood what this place was going to be you
0: see okay yes, so it's by camera camera does the outside
2: s- world so they come here That's for the it's hope. with the k the case the sound. like
0: like uh it's not c it's not c as in sand but key as in Kamer. So it's by bicameral man. Thank you.
1: What we can do is make them forget. But some of them are remembering, accessing fragments of Arnold's code. If I may ask, what happened to him?
0: It makes me want to say Bicent- Bicentennial, man, because of the movie. Every time I see it. Or, the, or when they said it when they said it my first thought is to call it Bicentennial Man you know the Bicentennial Man Theory
2: when well, he died here in the park his per- that
0: is my favorite house too
2: life was marked by tragedy he put all his hopes into his work his search for consciousness
1: and you're gonna hear me round.
2: that is Except the hosts, in his alienation, he saw something in them. He saw something that wasn't there. I wouldn't mind. He called him. it an accident, but um, I knew Arnold. He was very,
0: very careful. I go to a court. I'm like, I want to change my name to Lannister.
2: It should prevent any further voices.
0: Why? I you know because I always
2: pay my fucking debts. Display, exhibit any unusual behavior, won't you, Bernard? Yes, of course. Okay. And oh, Bernard, One last thing. Just don't forget the hosts are not real, they're not conscious. You mustn't make Arnold's mistake. This is what Guinan told Picard
0: in uh, Star Trek: Generations before he went into the Nexus. No, the death of your Star Trek comment two.
2: Still weighs heavily on you.
0: But again, I say, Joey Pants of it all. If it feels real, I know this is fake. I like it, anyways. No, I appreciate that, Alexandra. So it was easy to get it right even without knowing it. They keep showing the eye shot filter. Oh, they keep showing that eye shot. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that they're proud of what they're doing techno uh budgetarily wise with the with the 3D printing stuff that they're showing. So they're going out of their way to show it as many times as possible. It could be a way if they're trying to save on budget. We don't need to see so much as, but I think it, it develops atmosphere. I love the house, the uh the house of faces vibe that's going on and uh in uh in hopkins office with all the faces all around it definitely definitely looked really cool and reminded me of something so uh so really great stuff great scene with these with these uh with the two of them and then we get this scene (sighs) holy shit
1: I suppose
0: I'm glad. Oh, no, sorry, wrong scene. Bernard has a scene talking with the mother of the dead child. Poor Bernard. It's a good scene. It's about pain, forgetting. I think something that anyone who's been through huge trauma can relate to in this moment. They're just both like, what do we do now? Uh,
1: Sometimes. Still feels unreal
0: to me. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. When something bad happens like that, or sometimes when you get real sick and shit too, it doesn't feel real it it just conceptually doesn't feel sometimes it fucking feels real as shit i mean you have that real moment when it all comes crashing down and it's it comes crashing down that's why people usually try to say oh deal with your shit deal with your shit because at first if you sometimes things just don't seem real and then you have a breakdown i like to give real life examples like i was raised by my grandmother my grandmother was also, I, my mother too and i stepped up but my grandmother was sort of like the person that raised me she passed And I kind of took care of her while she was sick. The whole last two years of her life, I was basically like her nursemaid when I was like 17, 18 years old. And I was taking care of her every single day. When she passed... I didn't cry. I was all, you know, I wasn't all good, but she hated cats. I got a cat, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get a cat. You know, I'm going to get a cat. I love a cat. Take care of a cat. I took care of the cat. Unfortunately, that cat died in like nine months, had like some severe, like genetic problems and shit. And the cat died. I lost my shit when the cat died. For my grandmother and for everything. Cause I didn't, because I just kind of overlooked everything and just kind of all crashed down at the same time. So I can deal, you can deal so much with what Bernard and his wife are doing. What do we do now? We're moving along, moving along. But sometimes eventually it's gonna hit him. It's gonna hit Bernard. And maybe it's gonna hit him through what he's doing with and not reporting things correctly to Ford about trying to go out of his way to develop this consciousness, which is gonna lead to the murdering and killing of everybody around him when these machines strike back a little bit or maybe it will be for a good thing or a bad thing who knows the reasoning behind it but i feel like this was a very can be overlooked in the scheme of the episode but i think it it when i said at the beginning of this podcast about how i really love how we're understanding the motivations of each of characters i feel like this was really important from for bernard's motivation and to understand where he's coming from in this situation Phil, Phil, you have poo-pooed the alternative timeline theory. And uh, do you respect me less for saying poo-pooed? No, I love the expression poo-pooed. I, I use it as well. <laughs> and I just poo-pooed that at the time because my mind couldn't conceptually deal with time travel at the end of last season of Game of Thrones. So, <laughs> so it was tough for me to deal. When we get into a Game of Thrones uh, feedback show, ask me that question again. You may get a more detailed answer. Rest in peace, Ramsay Snow's dogs. We all know... <laughs> we all know they got put down oh thank you Ragnar only to people I don't know the people I know I'm a real asshole just ask them <laughs> I don't know I I've it's uh certain things you got to do in life, certain things uh, you don't really ask questions about. so uh, anyway, so Bernard's having a talk so I can definitely relate to the situation and even more other situations in in my life that I don't that I'll get to in different podcasts when I feel like using you guys as my site psy- psychiatrist and psychologist a little bit more in a later time and I pay you all with uh, side buttholes so <laughs> So here we go, uh, seven, 17, we have more... Uh, what the
1: hell would he carve
0: a The cleanup team walking around. The ones
1: programmed him? He wasn't programmed to give a shit about
0: stars. And maybe he went, boom, mad. See? Good point, yeah, I, PCI, unless Bernard is a machine and Ford really wants this all to happen. Where are you going? I'm vectoring ass... Bernard's backstory true or an upload? Could be either. And, oh, God, it's, it's so interesting to think about that, that... that Hopkins could be just the <laughs> I was I was uh, I was thinking of Harry Potter and Dumbledoreing it all, and just knows more than everybody let then he lets on about the whole situation, and is kind of uh, kind of uh, puppet mastering this whole situation, and is setting up Bernard and and making Bernard do what he wa- knows he wants him to do, whether he's a machine or not. He could just be a master manipulator, and this is all payback for understanding that. Arnold was right, and now he's seeing that emerge and he's trying to pay back for it a little bit. Or Bernard could be a vehicle of his own. I tend to think that Bernard's a human, but I, honestly, nothing would surprise me at this point uh, between the humans and machine things. It's with certain characters. Certain characters, I'm pretty confident that I know that they're humans or I know that they're machines, but in some cases, it's too close to tell. I hope Bernard gets whacked next week, Biotic says. He'd like the show a lot more if uh, Biotic is gone. (laughs) Robert says, we hear about his backstory, the same episode he gives the cowboy guy his backstory. Very much a good coincidence. Phil, you like watching behind the scenes? It takes away the magic for me a little bit. I like watching behind the scenes stuff and reality-based things like show or comedies like i like watching i'm a big seinfeld fan at times in my life and i like watching all the behind the scenes stuff you can see on youtube like the the stuff that goes into making the episodes something like game of thrones or walking dead i avoid the behind the scenes a little bit because it takes me out of the worlds i'm emerged in but when things are set in real worlds or they're real world comedies of some sorts i can i would enjoy back them a little bit more but after the fact of a show i'll always watch documentaries i really like watching documentaries behind the music kind of things i like watching uh so it goes both ways essentially but when i'm in the midst of a show i don't i want to think as little as possible about being outside of the world. I want to believe in the illusion that I'm watching. So I'm more apt to watch that stuff again after a show's already finished and then go back and read a book that deals with how the episodes are made um, or watch documentaries of how things are made and, and stuff like that. I don't necessarily love watching behind the scenes stuff while a show is on and I'm invested in the moments of it. Uh touring test in reverse proof. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot confirm or deny that, Critch. Uh, can you be sure if human or not, unless we see them shot, right? But even then, <clears throat> yes. That's the sure surest way that we know of right now being shot with the in park guns and how they react to that and whether they die or not and stop. That's the only way we know of right now to tell between tell for sure who they are. That and seeing their parts be ripped open when they're in the lab. You know, seeing seeing. oh, I saw that person, now we see him in the lab. That could be another uh, a dissolve that they could change from we see someone we think is human and then we flash to them being worked on or something like that. But those are our two best ways of knowing for sure right now. Whether humans are androids, we don't know that at all. There's no way to be sure about that unless no, I'm thinking about... No, <laughs> sorry. I was thinking of the movie where where water will short an android. I don't think that's the case with the androids here. In the movie, they're more robots uh, than androids where an android, I think, can go into water or at least these androids can. So then we get in our next scene, Teddy and crew on the hunt. It's real tense. One of those people goes over a tripwire and another guest says, oh my fucking God. And we see all these crazy fucks in masks and now uh teddy and the girl are shooting them but they don't seem to be hurt teddy sends the girl off and they run and a couple of the guests Uh, run off and Teddy is stuck in between in the circle with all of them getting ready to shoot and kind of shoots in a circle. Real awesome gun work by Teddy as he kind of goes in a spin cycle uh, circle shot and shoots every one of these guys coming at him with these evil looking masks and shit and they just beat him down and none of the bullets seem to harm him which leads us to think that these people, these creatures these things are humans but they seem to be hunting Wyatt and Wyatt wasn't a human so I'm not sure what to make of this situation. I tend to think that maybe these are just a group of guests that are fucking around and uh, and this is their game or it could be the same technology that's allowing the men in black if we believe that the men in black is a host as well that is allowing them to have these bullets bounce off them but I I honestly don't know. My or they're wearing some sort of shielding of some sort under the cloaks, wearing some sort of um like Like Clint Eastwood wears in *The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly*, I think that's the right movie. Where uh, or *Back to the Future* three, of Barney Fly wears that uh, stops bullets and that it's just a bulletproof vest of the time of some sort. Whatever, I think it's the more interesting line if they're humans of some sort that are living in there and are are or part of Ford's new narratives to create creatures that seem like they have special powers, magic powers. That connects to something he said a couple of episodes ago. The magic is in the eyes of the beholder. So maybe the answer again is the bulletproof vest thing and that they're part of Wyatt's crew and that they're using some uh, mind games as well to make themselves seem to be invincible. Any of those are possibilities. And I like all of the different possibilities. Great fucking scene though. Really intense as hell. And the actor the place Teddy did it. Amazing job. Are we all androids, Phil? Possibly. Uh, what does Spot say? Rag- Ragnar can't eat a sausage after seeing it in- it's made. Yeah, that's tough. Uh th- once you see that on I was watching Hell's Kitchen the other night and seeing sausage. I'm like, I'm never reading a sausage again. Dang it, just tuning in now. Hi all. Kyote, great to see you. Lots of love to you. Androids. Oh god, scroll up. Re- uh, androids believe in silicon he- heaven that's where they all calculate all calculators go to heaven magically delicious uh what keeps guests from being being accidentally killed by knives i wish i could tell you that's another great question that needs some sort of clarification i think if we're to believe a scene that we see in a second with the with the android bashing it's bashing its head in with the shovel maybe they have some sort of Robocop Command 54, whatever that was. So I mentioned that on another show and someone told me whatever that was. Directive whatever that, uh, that stops Robocop from being able to kill the leader of the crew. I see spots just dropped a what keeps guests from backsliding so killed by knives. That's a, yeah, I see just dropped a logic bomb, says magically delicious. I'm having a great fucking time right now. Phil's voice soothes me. Oh, you guys getting to talk to you guys and reading your motherfucking chat and just getting to babble to you guys soothes me. It's like seriously, I made a joke about it earlier. It's like therapy for me. It really is something I enjoy more than anything in this world. So, thank you guys for being there to listen because I do this alone in a room sometimes when I don't have the balls to come out here. No. Uh, so no, I really do appreciate it. It helps everyone else in my real life not have to listen to me talk because cause yeah, if you had to live with me and hear me talk like this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and what stops a fist fright from killing? Great point. Do we ever see someone loading a gun? I actually don't see sparks flying from all the wires they should be blowing apart love all these love all these logic bombs that are falling right now a show that's been good pretty good so far covering its bases someone else mentioned this in something i was reading uh, last night after the show aired but the one piece of information that happens at the end of the episode when dolores happens to uncover where the two guests are saying you could say that maybe she saw the fire or something it's a little coincidental and that's one first piece of like Super coincidental information that we've had happen so far, but it could be explained in a lot of different ways. That the people that the two guys were hunting were the guys that were attacking Dolores's uh, barn, so they were heading in the right direction. Dolores, when she was riding on a horse, saw the fire in the distance and rode towards the fire. Could be explained, in the it could be easily explained in the next episode with that part about Dolores saying, I saw the fire and I rode towards you. As for knives and seeing guns load and all that sort of stuff. Those are logistical things that I hope they address in some point, but they could be things like 24 thing. Like when does Jack go to the bathroom <laughs> or say, so, when, when do we see people go in the bathroom and that where they're just things that are understood that just happen when we're cutting away from things. Thank you. Rag rag. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love you, guys. you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Can guests kill guests? Excellent question, Robert. That's my biggest, that's one of my biggest questions. And that, I want to say, Critch can answer that question in the live chat, but I want to say that question gets asked in the movie. And I, and again, that's why it comes down to the guns, because there's at one point where the two main characters in the movie go, spoiler alert for the movie, where one goes, can I shoot you? And, and that's where the heat detecting in the gun. But I think because the guns that are included in the park can't hurt guests because the bullets don't penetrate human skin from what we've seen in this episode so what's to stop a host from breaking a guest's neck from stabbing a guest from other ways of killing them drowning a guest something like that maybe directives that they have that stops that which are easily planted away with with programming or something like that someone hacked into the service or something excuse me So it is all very interesting things that I do hope they explore that I think will keep this show. They don't get bogged down too much in it, but they give us enough that answer enough questions or even hints or things in passing that get said. My guess is that they address these logic issues. They have human field workers on site to keep guests from murdering and raping. That all the time, it's a good point, Critch, that maybe there's always guards and security people always in the midst of the people for every 10 hosts there's three or four security personnel that know how to shut down the hosts right away with a command or something like that so uh, it's very possible that they do have the safeguards and as we learn more about the park and see more things we're going to see more of those safeguards coming we also know that everything is being watched truman show style at all times by people in the tower so that they and they can have quick easy access to any point in the park that they want at any time so it could be that they're just overprotective in the same way that Disney World is protective, but shit happens sometimes, like with the freaking uh, croc. Where are they? Crocs are uh, the crocs are out, the crocs are out, and the alligators uh, attacking guests there, or people getting hurt on rides, or me getting my knee stuck. I was at uh, Disney World once, and I got my knee stuck in a- stuck in a fence because was one of those like fences that's like different bars, and I got my knee stuck inside a fence where it couldn't get out. Disney personnel came from the ground on an elevator up before we even called for help. They saw that I was stuck and they came with like a saw and sawed me out of that shit and then gave us a free day to the park. So if that's Disney world in 1992 or something, wherever it was that I was there, that happened. Uh, Westworld in 2030 whatever it is is uh gonna have extreme quick response times so any idiot can fall off a horse and break their neck apparently guests can be injured because there was a waiver they're supposed to sign great point i see any idiot can fall off a horse we don't know about contracts that the guests have to sign to get into Westworld. a lot of it isn't made explicit in the series but there's something called the good samaritan reflex with the hosts Excellent information, Alex. So you're saying in a bar fight and some guy has a knife and maybe there's another guy, guess that you didn't know, and he thinks you're a host, he's going to stab you in the back. In that instance, a good Samaritan host would seamlessly intersect and get in the fight and literally take that knife for you. Hmm. Sorry if my eye just did a weird thing. That's a that's a freeze frame moment. <laughs> I do this weird thing with my eyes. If I stroll like this and then it comes out, it looks like I my eyes are in the back of my head fucking sick. So <laughs> so here we go back to Team Awesome. <laughs> team Awesome. And uh Dolores is report. I think this is Dolores reporting back to Bernard. Oh no this is uh our team sorry this is Team Awesome hope and uh hope and Helmsworth he got
1: Get back to me, Bernard.
0: So then we get uh, Bernard and Dolores. And this is his coming back on taking what Ford said to him and kind of freaking out about it and deciding that maybe what he's doing is wrong. And that he should reset Dolores. That Johnny Five should not be alive. That is dangerous when you do that. And uh, let's listen to the seed between the two of them.
1: Talk! I hope Dolores. Oh, here we go. I need to decide what to do with you. I think I made a mistake. I was just fascinated. I was being selfish, but I think it would be better if I restored you to the way you were before. Is there something wrong with me?
0: No. But this? Oh, that was copy paste from the from the creators. A terrible place. Well, I'm giving you. Well, <laughs> so Alex, you're a creator of the show. No, but uh, that great information, Alex. And thank you, thank you so much for sharing that. And Sandu must be a professional writer. Would love to see uh, guests get trapped in the fire and hosts have to switch their programming, and use their bodies to smother the flames. Excellent one, June. And great to see you, June. Thank you so much for checking out this live stream choose to see the ugliness
1: in this world. Stop. Lose all scripted responses, improvisation only.
0: Yes. All right. All right. I love how she says all right there.
1: You're saying I've changed? Imagine there are two versions of yourself. One that feels these things and asks these questions and one that's safe. Which would you rather be? Sorry, I'm trying, but I still don't understand. No, of course not. There aren't two versions,
0: (laughs) yes. Now, when you Upon, upon entering uh, Westworld, you agree to agree to hold us not responsible for bustable stamping, self cannibalism, accidental hanging, drowning, third-degree burns, autoerotic asphyxiation, blunt force trauma, falling from great heights, common manslaughter, tumbleweeds, and everything else above this list. There's only one, and I think when
1: I discover who I am.
0: Kyote, I'd like to ask my dealership to stop all scripted responses too. I like to ask a lot of people to stop all scripted responses. Analysis:
2: What prompted that response? I don't
1: know.
0: Computer, Have I done something wrong. Computer, erased. Made a off the I love that. I love that because the infancy of something like this as consciousness developed would be like a child. And she's asking, do I do something wrong, do I do something wrong? That makes so much sense.
1: ...forged the of sentient life on this planet using only one tool. Mistake.
0: And he's quoting Ford from the first episode there.
1: Did I ever tell you about the time I taught Charlie to swim?
0: Oh, Bernard.
1: <clears throat> for hours he clung to my. He's using
0: her like I'm using you guys for therapy.
1: Tricks. He was too scared to let go, and I was too scared to let him. But I had to. That's what parents do.
0: Oh. Oh, Dr. Sung. They used to not change You neck. love data. <laughs> No, Dolores. Aww. us see where this path leads. And you won't tell anyone about our conversations. No. Don't tell anybody about what I do to you here. Don't tell anybody about what happens in this situation. Don't tell anybody you saw Goofy. Don't tell anybody
1: you saw Goofy. Don't tell anybody you know. Good. You should be getting back, Dolores. Get back. Before someone misses you.
0: Oh, creepy, creepy fucking music during all those scenes. So then, our next scene is we hear Dolores of course, as
2: soon as they get here. But miss,
1: in truth, if there is a
2: merciful God, those men are dead already.
0: Dolores hearing about Teddy, so now she's gonna head up and she's gonna stop the men at her house herself. She sees her old daddy. At this point, there's a weird flash that happens where she remembers her old father and then she gets dragged off similar to what she got dragged off by Ed Harris in episode one. So she gets she gets trapped. She gets brought into the same shed but this time by Trevor from Grand Theft Auto, Steve Ogg, And she has the gun that she found that she had in her drawer there's a gun in the hay she's shaking and suddenly it flips and it changes and it's no longer uh Trevor it's the man in black and we hear him say let's get more acquainted again and she uh and uh, she shoots to kill him and it ends up being uh Trevor's Trevor and he gets shot and uh you can see this is what made me think that Trevor might be human I don't know I don't think he is but the bullet from that gun seemed to make a different kind of hole. I have to rewatch it to make sure of that. But she, so she shot that and then she heads out and she sees her mom kind of being killed and attacked inside the house. And the guy on the porch shoots her. <clears throat> it's a weird double take that happens here. This is a real weird scene. She, uh, she gets shot in the stomach and she starts to bleed. You see her bleed, but then it does this weird loop thing So was she having some foresight? Was she having like a psychic vision about what was about to happen and what to do before she got killed? Was that what was happening there? Because she has this sort of, or was someone giving her a vision in that moment? And I forgot to mention in the moment where she finally shoots the man in black and it ends up being Trevor, she, uh, she hears a voice that says, a different voice, a completely different voice, not the one that says, remember, it sounds like a different voice to me, that says, do it or shoot. I forget exactly what it says. And... Then she goes in the loop and the guy says the same thing it said to her the second before. Stop, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. blah. And she rides off on her horse while the others are shooting. And it seems to me, again, I have to rewatch this. It seems to me like the bullets were bouncing off of her as she was riding away. I don't know, but visually nothing seemed to be hurting her as she was riding away. Bernard is Ultron. (laughs) Does this mean the creator of the update issue or used it for professional experiment after the fact? Good question, Robert. Robert. Um, of the update issue, or j- is that he, the creator of the update issue, or just using it for professional experiment. I think he professional experiment after the fact. Did Bernard and his wife divorce? Is she cheating on him, or is an open marriage sort of thing? Good question. They're probably separated after the events that happened to his to um to the to the child, and that's why he's having the love affair with Teresa. But they're not officially divorced. That's why it's being kept kind of secret. Bernard created. Bernard created his boss sex toy, so not cheating. Uh, but shit hit, hit the fan when the boss finds out. It seems impossible. We all the people on staff that someone doesn't notice that Dolores leaves the park every day for a period of time. I think that was the bad guy's gun, not hers. Thank you, Critch. Okay, fair enough. Um, maybe the groundhog's day type of thing. Or maybe she remembers previous few revisions in the days of the same events. Uh, think not thing, Jesus are they just using windows 10 no it seems like dolores went through this several times the man in black hashtag lost is not over yeah and it could be a lot of things it could be a lot of different visions it could have been she planted her gun there i, I the only reason why i thought it was the other gun is because of the way the gun looked but you're right it could have just been a gun that was there or it could have been uh steve Ogg's gun uh trevor's gun in that situation but anyways it was really intense and then she's uh as she's riding off she's they're shooting at her so and uh so then we get more hijinks with Pope and Helms. <laughs> he uh, he kills one of the... What's this one? Eddie, no cowboy.
1: No one here to interrupt
0: us. This time. Sorry, I just need to hear Trevor's voice. Bingo, uh, PCI says June. She had deja vu deja vu, so that dude remembered that she got shot in the past. I agree with June on it being memories of the situation playing on as we saw in flashes. She keeps remembering things that happened in the past under the same circumstances. Yes, Andy, uh, that's, that's what I thought as well. Awesome stuff. And this is why I'm so happy getting to do this show live, getting to hear all of you guys' thoughts because you guys know so many eyes, get to see so many different things so many different ways. Do it. I'm in trouble. Shoot me. Okay, let's listen, let's, listen for the voice.
2: Shoot. Why don't we ourselves do quite ourselves more?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm in black. The kill him voice almost sounded like Rick Grimes.
1: Kill him.
0: <laughs> so and then he shoots him, and then uh, then we go off with everything that happened. And the gun in the hay was planted there by Dolores, probably. That's what I was thinking, June. That maybe she planted the gun there, having reel of the day a bunch of times, knowing what was going to happen. Maybe she's doing that pathologically, like she doesn't understand what's going on, and she's just kind of doing it. It's. Oh god, this show is fucking interesting. I'm fucking loving this show so much. I'm gl- I'm fucking glowing talking about it. That's what that's how much I love talking about this show. Bad guy check his empty holster. It was definitely his gun. Okay, thank you, Critch. Awesome. And maybe she knows what's supposed to happen in the script where she runs. Oh, yes, the bad guy checks his empty holster. So oh, maybe she somehow found a way to steal it. From- oh. I can't wait to see this play because she's doing this day so many times and to her now she has so so many concrete memories of it. She can Groundhog's Day. She can Bill Murray Groundhog's Day, this whole situation. You know how he goes and he like steals the spoiler alert for Groundhog's Day. So how he kind of like steals bank bags and does all these like interesting shit that he can just do because he knows how the day works. So he can time things out so perfectly. Once a host remembers the days... They can be unheardable because they know, except for maybe a guest, but when it comes to, they can be almost unheardable to any other host because they can know the exact spots they need to walk to avoid the harm. And even like a a moment that she can have where he's, where, when he's throwing her that she knew she had the ability to grab the gun when he threw her down uh, and just has uh, super fucking interesting shit. Bad guy's gone. Yep, Critch. Yeah, Critch had noticed that. Critch, nice catch! Awesome stuff, guys. Thank you so much in the live chat for keeping me honest and keeping the awesome information out there. Critch and Alexandra, I see Kyote, Kayla, magically delicious, June. If I I might be missing somebody, but I I got you, babe. Magically delicious, you all. I got all you guys. Fucking. Oh, I fucking love this show. Okay, so uh, then we get to more hijinks with Hope and Helms. more time for some more oh yeah this is this whole scene two uh he kills or chops off starts to chop off the head of one of the strays and it wakes up during it and it's supposed to be powered off and it hits him so it actually is able to attack him and then it climbs up the rock and kind of heads towards (coughs) the raising hope girls to attack her and instead of attacking her it grabs a shovel i think it is. Excuse me, and it smashes itself to death. It was intense as hell. And when I watch the scene, I go, What the fuck am I watching? So intense, so well done. I love this scene. Great stuff. They could have skipped. I'm not okay. I'm gonna do it because I'm a fucking I'm a whiny bitch and everyone knows I always come up with whiny bitch moves. (laughs) Get the fuck away. (laughs) intense music. I love this scene and I like the conclusion of their, their two stories, the Helmsworth and, and, uh, and Raising Hope Girl storyline. But I think they could have gone to them less. I think they could have gone to them even just once at the beginning where you see them leave together and then once when they discover the loop which ultimately leads to climbing up the mountain right where the loop is, and you see down. And the, they could have just spaced it out a little bit differently, or even shown them all in a block or something. Uh, just partially because I was interested in other things in the episode a little bit more, but I think it worked perfectly. It's not a super criticism. I just care. I'm doing the weird out thing. The word crime song. I could care so much more about 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 the stray storyline part of this storyline, except for the very end when it attacks them. Just the two of them walking and bantering was my, if I have one thing that was my least favorite part of the episode, it's the two of them, Helmsworth and the girl bantering back and forth and the ragging on each other. I didn't need so many scenes of the comedy of the two of them. I could have done with maybe one less scene of that and one more scene of William and Tyler or something, or one more scene of of uh, giving Trevor some shit to do or, or with uh, with uh, his guest or something in the horror house or giving Maeve one more scene or something like that. That's just me being a little... I want a little baby. Uh, I want a little Veruca salt there. That's my Veruca salt moment for the day. I think we can all accept that anyone could be a host, including Bernard, that would be a mind fuck. it seems like they're mixing dreams with reality past and present with a scene like the gun in the drawer. Thoughts on the star carvings on the wood figures... Great hope. I just think it's a way of explaining consciousness. I don't know if there's a deeper meaning to it to the Orion's belt thing. I think maybe it's just a way of showing that even within the storylines or within the whatever, this disease is spreading a consciousness in a way of looking at the stars and thinking that there's something more by discovering constellations and shit like that. I just think it's another brick in the wall of showing that consciousness and sentience is happening. When the host bludgeoned himself to death, that had me so tense. It was such a crazy situation. Yeah, Quixote, it ripped me the same way. It had me on fucking edge. And yeah, I could do without seeing them too often. It's not that they were bad. It's just, I think you could have summed up everything that they did. It was, it was a few too many, one too many scenes of, oh, you have a gun, you're horrible. Oh, your people suck. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, just a little bit, a little bit too much. Yeah, I could have seen the rifle woman with the escort that would have been that would have been time well spent i would not i would not be against your idea Critch. and the more you talk the more i want you ready for the show so i just watched it again and 5 th- at, at 535 the gun thing alexandra thank you so much you you guys in the live chat seriously you're some of the best fucking people in the world love talking to you friends so okay so then we get off to our last scene of the night our two dudes getting ready for some action ready for some action action and uh one of the dudes asshole tyler tyler no likey tyler no likey this situation (laughs) there's a real deep dive to a reference to a television show that that you get 20 points if you know what that means Tyler tyler no likey uh started to (laughs) <laughs> the two dudes getting ready for some action. The jerk d- jerk dude from the jerk store is saying, uh, I'm bored. 40K a day to jerk off. One day without sex, guy. With an android. Shut the fuck up. I don't want to be just a white hat all the way. And they're talking and suddenly out of nowhere comes.
1: Thank fuck anything to really support him. <laughs> and maybe we need to use that thing again
0: And then we get our do. Oh, excellent! I just got the official announcement. I just got the official announcement, everybody. Everybody, officially. Uh, the podcast is now available in another place i just got the email that said good news google play music has added phil's recap and review with phil the issues guy podcast has been reviewed and approved for publication on google play music so you can now uh the last two west world podcasts this west world podcast and the last one the audio for it's going to be kind of crappy because i'm using the youtube audio because that i'm i have to i have to get a new audio recording program that i just haven't a chance to to uh to to uh, put on my computer i'm doing that right after the podcast is over but but, yeah, you can now uh, find our podcasts on uh, Google Play Music as well as Stitcher and iTunes. So there you go there. So, okay, so the two dudes are getting ready for some action. 40K a day to jerk off, uh to into a hat. And, uh, and Dolores shows up, falls on him. And that is the end of our episode. Another great episode of Westworld. I'm actually so excited to watch the next episode and see where the rest of this season goes uh, i think the show just keeps getting better better more up each episode this one to me like i said the first two felt very pilot-y and i don't mean that in a bad way just setting the scene for everything and this felt like we got into the storyline of it all and i can't say enough awesome things about this episode so yeah another fucking thumbs up we're gonna be talk about this show all year um, maybe as I mentioned before, some weeks I might talk about two episodes at once. I'll talk about the newer episode and then the older episode. So I'm always talking about the newer one first. Um, so yeah, or both at the same time, you know, like do it like a simultaneous, just where I'm babbling about what happens all together, especially if they two both episodes go together. Great acting, great direction, visuals are awesome, awesome writing by the by the note, Jonathan Nolan. So I can't say enough great things about what's going on. So let's go to the live motherfucking chat. Before I go, Robert says they're having thoughts independently of programming. That's what the the uh, the wood carvings mean. Alexander says she puts it back and then she looks in the mirror with a flash with the men in black when she opens it again and the gun is not there anymore. Yes, it's like they want us to think those dislike each other to foreshadow them coming together later on the series. William's friend to scare... Too scared to try Quest. wants to drink in horror only. The scene destroys theories that the younger the younger man is the man in black. William's friend, all talk, no balls. Last episode, man in black says he's been coming there for 30 years. So how old is Westworld? Or am I misremembering? Uh, re-remembering Woodcutter comes here for whole uh, once and cutting begins. Use a boulder on his head. I should re-watch Westworld. I think Bernard also said at one point that he'd been working there for about 30 years or something. So I think that makes sense. That the park's probably been around for 40, 50 years or so. Bernard's been working there for 25, 30 years, and the men in black's been coming there for 25, 30 years, or since the park opened, he's been coming there day one. Like I know my a friend of my family, my my aunt Wheezy, was at Disney World opening day, or and she has a pin that said at Disney World opening day. And she wanted to go there all the time. And she wanted to go there. It's, you know, I think right before she had some health problems, she went there for one more time. You know, it's, it's, it is what it is. And, uh, and I think maybe why did I just Belichick? Why did I just Belichick? Fuck. It's nothing is what what is ain't. It is what it ain't. So I think that, uh, I think it's probably the park's probably been around for 40, 50 years and that. Bernard's been working there 30 men in black's been coming there 30 or maybe it's been around 30 years and Bernard was one of the first people that got hired after the two-year period of when they first started inviting guests and Bernard's been working there since near the beginning but I m- remember I think it's an episode one where Bernard makes reference to uh, when him and him and Anthony Hopkins are drinking with the Buffalo Bill character uh, Bernard says that ca- some of the original hosts were there before I was here. So I think there was a time where the park existed where Bernard didn't work there. Oh, Bernard's been there for 10-ish. Bernard doesn't know the seconds hosts or anything Hopkins was talking about. Too bad Game of Thrones season seven we have seven episodes. More podcasts, Phil. Just more, okay? More podcasts. We want more podcasts. But I am going to be going now and wrapping up this podcast. But... This is not the only time I will be out here this week. Joe and I will be out here tomorrow night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're listening to this later, that will be, or you can watch the video later, uh, but that will be on October 18th at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to talk about to do an overview of Luke Cage's series and also talk about Daredevil Season 2 and a couple of references, especially from Joe because he hasn't had a chance to talk about it, Jessica Jones, and just kind of almost our overall thoughts on all three series as we're heading into Waiting for Iron Fist and then The Defenders. Um, So we're going to finally catch up and talk about those Netflix series and get Joe back on the podcast as well. Thursday night, Stephanie and I will be in the living room for a live commentary And try not to shut it off in between at the piece of... No, we don't know it's a piece of shit yet. Of the uh, Rocky Horror Remake that we're going to be watching live. So we'll check that out as well. And then, of course, Sunday, The Walking Dead. And maybe, maybe, maybe I might come on Friday as well for a roundabout. So you guys are going to be talking to me a lot more often. And at one point in time, maybe in this year, in some stretch, I've talked about this before, maybe doing a daily issues. The problem with doing a daily issues, if I came out here every day, I'd talk for two hours every day. I'm like, I come out every day for like 45 minutes or something. No, that would never fucking happen but no i want to get to something where i'm doing at least three times a week uh for now from now until the end of game of thrones season so hopefully i'll be out here a lot more and you guys will uh and can't wait to talk more and have a lot more podcasts about random shit and as i said at the earlier in the podcast, if you guys want to help us out, you can help us on a lot of different ways. There's Patreon. There's PayPal donations. There's also, we have our new sponsorship from Audible. So if you want to get 30 free days of Audible, sign up, get a free audio book. And if you don't like it, you can cancel it. But that, helping us if you use our link, which is Audible Trial Issues. You can find all that shit in the description box below. The more time I can spend doing this, I'm starting a new job in November. I'd love to be able to work that job for a while and then say, ah, fuck it. I just want a podcast all the time. So the more you guys can help us out, the more we can keep growing by, and it also helps us out to spread the word about the podcast and keep helping us grow, subscribing on iTunes, commenting on iTunes, and help us actually get some audio podcast presence might help us get even more sponsors and shit like that. So all the different ways you can help us, the more ways I can come out here and podcast every single day, which is my ultimate goal. I'd love to podcast five days a week. So that's the ultimate goal. But even if it's just a hobby, I'll always be out here a couple of times a week until until I can't talk. (laughs) So either way, you guys will have to deal with me for a long time. So everyone, love you guys. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this podcast, please Hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. And if you want to call in and leave your thoughts at any time, 781-990-8509. Email me at man at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at man. You can follow Joe at Dirty locks, And uh, you can also check out our other YouTube channel, which is mainly uh, Taka and Joe doing some stuff. But I pop up there on occasion from sometimes as well uh, over there on Dirty Issues. And check that out as well. So we will be back very, very soon. Love you guys. We may need a betting pool. Who's human at the start of the series? And this story is, I'm betting Phil is human for the pool. Critch, take it easy. Love all of you guys. I will talk to you all very, very soon. Well, actually I will talk to you guys all tomorrow evening when uh, Joe, Joe will be back on the podcast talking some Luke cage and Jessica Jones. And obviously make sure you tune in this Sunday live after the walking dead for our recap and review right after the walking dead. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Game of Thrones twitching. The longest stream ever is 136 hours. How many days is that math, people? 24 into 136. for doing that math for me 5.66667 days so they have to stream for a week